Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. We have Andy. Hey, now. And Ian. Hey, what's up, guys? All right, and we also want to welcome back on the show, Bert Kammerer. Hey, everybody. All right. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. Yes. All right, this is episode 349, Bert Kammerer. Okay, let's wow. check in. You, t- you titled the episode in my name. I feel oh. I feel uh, <laughs> special. You should be honored. <laughs> You're used to yeah. that, right? I am honored. No, I'm not. Not anymore. Oh. <laughs> it's really the only thing out there that's got his name on it. Is this episode. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, come on, Kevin. Really? Uh, not many things have my name on them anymore. But anyway, move on, Steve. Move on. Move yeah. on. <laughs> All right. Let's check in with everyone's week. Who would like to go first? Uh, I can go first. Um, I did no wrenching, no flying. I was on Discord, worked a couple doubles. Repeat. Um, no, uh, I actually did some uh, IT stuff uh, this week. I uh, started studying for uh, CompTIA, so I've got a lot to do on there. But from what I've uh, you know studied this week, I actually. Uh, did some wrenching on my uh, old laptop that I've had for like the past several years. It's been a, such a turd. Like I'm talking like startup time, like 15 minutes. I actually got that sped up to like maybe three or four minutes. It had a shitload of updates, had a shitload of stuff running in the background. Um, got all that cleared up. It's still kind of a slug. I mean, we're talking four gigabyte of RAM. Four uh, gigs of RAM. Yeah. Um, I actually got it cleared up enough that I can actually run the simulator on it. I mean, if I do any really fast stuff on, um, next, um, if I actually do any, uh, really fast movement on there, you can kind of see where it skips out a little bit, but otherwise it's, it's, it's going, I'm actually going to be ordering a few things for it. Just kind of get it just to work with it. Try it, you know. Try some IT stuff, uh, you know, get some experience in there. Um, try some IT stuff, load uh, load Linux on there. I, it probably could. Uh, way better. <clears throat> way better than Windows. I'm not going to be running all the other extra bullshit I don't need. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, so far I've made it as far as uh, I did actually check out a few of the videos on uh uh programming last night and of course i messaged you guys this morning with a code that i guess doesn't work (laughs) (laughs) i give it i give it an attempt i mean that's my first time ever trying it's like it's probably not for me not a bad attempt but you know you did you put a you know you did a little basic python script with a an if clause in there so and some prints you'll find ian that if you get into it that that language is just it's the same it's not exactly the same, but it it's it real it's relative to whatever you're working on. Like I've worked on fire alarms that had if then, like Steve said, and yeah. statements and programming a lot of programming. The Arduino. Almost. Yeah. The oh, I thought I was. I thought uh, I thought I was the only nerd in here. I didn't know you guys were all <laughs> into IT. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I worked in IT for over 20 years. So, yeah. Yeah, I got my CompTIA A Plus and Network Plus back in 1998 right. or 99. Oh, got, wow. Okay. Yeah. And then I got um, MCSE, which I hate it. Then I got Novell Netware all the way to um, Certified Novell Networks and Network Engineer. And then I got my Cisco, CCNA, and CCNE. And I work wow. on Cisco routers doing BGP routing tables in the early days, early, early days of the Internet backbone. So, yeah, yeah I'm talking like from 90, probably 99 to 2006. I did that. Yeah. Wow, that's I, I awesome. Do IT wow, you are a nerd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there weren't a lot of people that could work with BGP routing. Yeah. Um, so like, I remember traveling all over the place to like level three communications data centers or like back then it was level three or MCI telecom and all those old, you know, companies, I think level three is still around. Right. I don't know. I lost track of a lot of that, but yeah, yeah, I did a lot of that. And then I was doing a lot of scripting languages of all kinds. Yeah. A lot of server administration, um, anything from, I don't know, BSD to any kind of Linux distro to, yeah, it, I worked, I work on that stuff for years. So, holy shit. Now, SysOps and Cloud Engineer. What I do now. Yeah, yeah. It's very different now than it was 20 years ago, that's for sure. Yeah. Very different. Everything is, well, the networks cold. aren't token ring anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I worked for a company that was managing, um, that was a private contractor that was, uh, uh, their biggest customer was the United States Postal Service. And the oh, Postal Service had a Novell Netware. Yeah, and um, the post office had a Novell Netware network. Um, and if you're familiar with like a land like that, old school stuff, they had, um, I think, over like 2 million objects. On that network, yeah. So, oh wow, yeah, it was crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Old school stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as uh, what I'm going through right now to actually study for my CompTIA, I'm actually going through ITPros.tv, which is something that Kevin McGrady had, uh, you know, pushed my direction. He's like, yeah, give it a try. He's like, you know, they've got videos for, you know, just about any of the the IT certifications out there. I mean, the, they yeah. put out some really good information and, um, I did go through like the networking. Uh, that seems to kind of pique my interest. Cause my biggest thing is, okay, if I get this CompTIA, which, which route am I going to take? I still don't know, but I do know that networking is kind of piquing my interest there. So that's actually a good point because so many people think of IT as, you know, it's so broad, right? There's oh, so, yes. many, oh my God, so much. So there's just so many things you can do with an IT. Like, I mean, you could be an expert in one thing and know nothing about what I do, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's wild. It's you crazy. You can out from one company and assist out from a different company and use totally different <laughs> technology and be totally different. Exactly. Because, yeah, exactly. like, uh, very few companies actually, you know, require this, the same certification so you can move from one uh, company to the other and you have to get certified in like google cisco whatever you know and the previous place you were at they required something different so i mean that's what i've gathered so far base logic of everything is the base for everything it's all it all kind of you know if you know one platform you kind of can figure out the other platforms too yeah that's this is true this is true 
But yeah, let's cool. go back to RC stuff, huh? You don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do RC work all day long, man. I'm kind of like tired of that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good, dude. Um, I didn't really get to uh, do a whole lot of RC stuff other than uh, simming last night for an hour, but I did finally get the Jeep sent off to the shop, so I should hear back in about a week or so to see how much the damage is on that one. Um, getting it sent off for uh, the wheel hub, uh, diff mounts, and see if there's anything I didn't identify as far as could be the problems for it. So uh, I should hear back on tomorrow about what's actually going on with it, and I probably should have it back probably sometime next week. But I definitely wanted it up and running, licensed and everything, because... Now, I'm not driving a Honda Civic across the, the metro in the winter with snow on the ground. Ain't no fucking way it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But as far as my week, that's that's all I've done. I haven't even touched a heli this week. All right. Let's go that's next. ridiculous. I know. I'm so fired, right? <laughs> so I can go next. I haven't touched a heli this week either. Oh, my God. Oh, you suck. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's wrong with you guys? Uh, I had family, a lot of family things going on this week and uh, rode up to see mom on Saturday, which was cool. Took my wife and my sister in my two-seater Jeep. So one <laughs> of those two was rolling around in the back for two hours. <laughs> I, I went up to Leesburg to see... My mom, she's by yeah, her yeah. is up there. Uh, it was cool. It was, I was, she was happy to see everybody. Funny. Oh, she lives in Lees, Leesburg, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Uh, it's only about forty-five minutes from here. Thirty minutes. Yeah, she likes that that little town that Kyle used to live in. Uh, Mount Dora. Mount Dora. Yep. That's my backyard, Mount Dora. Just walking around over there. Somebody's messing up with something. Yeah, it's Ian. Yeah, Ian. I muted you. I'm an idiot. Oh, that's uh, it perfectly. So, yeah, then Sunday I decided I was going to do a shit ton of physical labor. I I did a bunch of landscaping out front of my house, uh, which was instead of mulch, paying for mulch every two weeks, I, I want to put stone down. So I started doing that. And then I decided to finish the floor in the spare room that we have here. Because I'm renovating the whole top floor, and that nearly killed me. I'm still sore from that. Like that flooring yeah. went together really nice. It's that snap block flooring, and I don't want to get too into it. Uh, but shit, man, I'm freaking dude. Out. That stone, that stone is badass, man. We put that stone in the in the yard in my house when we bought the house, like in 2015, and it looks perfect. It's been seven years. That's nice. the shit. That's the bomb, man. Screw yeah. that mulch in Florida. No way, man. That like, yeah, it sucks. You got to keep getting more and more and more. Yeah. Yeah. The stone came out. It came out good. It's looking really good. And yeah, it's not. I mean, it's it's ex- not it's not really expensive, but, you know, to do the whole front, it's probably going to be like two two fifty. And yeah, why not? Then I don't have to waste every you know other weekend running to get ten, twenty dollars worth of mold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally makes sense. But yeah, that was it. Uh, just been working like a knucklehead and tomorrow i actually have an interview for an it position i mean i'm Wait, in what? it but uh there's a there's nice a network engineering position same uh, company same yeah same everything oh, okay. i basically oh. want 
There's a guy they've been grooming for this, and it's not me. I love what I do with the AV stuff, and with yeah. you know they can, they have me 3D printing stuff, and like I can yeah, yeah, design cool. stuff. And I'm just I'm loving exactly what I do. I don't really want to go anywhere else or, or anything. But uh, this popped up, and I was like, yeah, I'll I'll throw my hat in the ring so I can kind of see how that's gonna gonna be. You know how that how that works out. What the interview process is like mm-hmm. with me being on the inside this time. Kind of yeah. what I wanted to do. So nice. yes, yeah, we'll see how that goes tomorrow. But I'm not expecting much out of it. Yeah, I did a little bit of studying, <laughs> but I, a lot of the stuff like I can't speak of firsthand because I really haven't done anything with it. You know, a lot of VLAN. There's a lot of switch setup type stuff, and sure, yeah. a lot of VPN it's all set stuff. up and stuff already, right? So you just be maintaining yeah. it and, and most likely improving. Yeah, I'd be working for the the information specialist guy. I got to set it all up. If that, if yeah. I got the job, right, right, right. Uh, yeah, I'm or less doing it for the. Does it give you more money? A little That's bit. Fun. Okay. Not, not enough for that position in my, you know, my mind. The guy yeah. wants to do it. I'm sure mm-hmm. we got some outside cool. applicants too, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So that's my week, man. I haven't done much. Skills. Those are good skills to have. Um, yeah. How about you, Andy? Uh, how about you, Steve? I want to go Wait, last. You want to go, Steve? Okay. Go. Yeah. Andy goes last. I'm going to save this train wreck of Home Depot slash, I don't know. Yeah, train wreck shop. of, yeah, <laughs> landscaping and Home Depot. Actually, Lowe's. <laughs> Lowe's, yeah, sorry. Yeah, get us out one. of the IT vortex, for <laughs> yeah. God's sake. Yeah, some IT, yeah. you know, sprinkled on top, you know. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah. Last Friday, uh, I flew. After work, um, I finished Hunter's plane, the little FT Cub, and I had nothing better to do. And then the, the evening was nice and cool, so I was like, you know what, screw this. I got, I'm going to charge some batteries, and I brought uh, Hunter's plane, the FT Cub, that mm-hmm. he, well, I built and he painted or drew up, and uh, my Puma and my 420. And so first thing we do is just get that plane out. Let's, you know, while we have daylight, let's get this thing going. And so... Uh, First flight, I got it up in the air. It has a mini V-bar, so I'm flying V-bar on it. And I got it trimmed out. And then I gave Hunter, like, you know, I kind of put him on my lap and put the transmitter in front of us and, you know, had him do the sticks. And, of course, it's like yeah, this with the sticks, <laughs> all corners, <laughs> everywhere. And I'm just like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, you know. Like, non-proportional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, non-proportional. <laughs> like back in the 60s or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm like, okay, okay. And then, you know, I take it from him and I'm like, all right. You know, swap the battery. I'll do a second flight, and we're trying again. I'm like, just a little, and he starts to move a little. You know, I try to give him just the right stick, but he tries to grab both. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he tries to do the left stick too. I'm like, um, and I'm like, okay, let me just fly. And then, of course, I was flying in, and I crashed the damn plane. Oh no! <laughs> oh, <laughs> but it wasn't broken. It just you know, I plopped it down. Um, and then I, I tossed it back up, and I don't know. It's holding transmitter weird. And when I tossed it, I grabbed the transmitter and I hit the throttle hole. So it went. It went down and broke the prop, and this time I did break something. So, so that kind of decommissioned that plane. Um, but Hunter enjoyed it. You know, he enjoyed not. The other problem Hunter has is, okay, just look at the plane and touch the sticks, and he just looks at the sticks. Just looks at the sticks. And like, no, look at the plane. Yeah. <laughs> look at what you're flying. So he 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 doesn't really get it yet, but uh, I don't care. He but, will you know, someday. He'll get it, and I don't mind him. You know, trashing a plane or two. Yeah, sure. Or That's I will what they're for. Mm-hmm. 
That's cool, though, that you're getting him into that. That's really cool. Yeah, he wanted to try to play anything. I didn't want to, you know, to be honest, like he's he's pretty blind. <laughs> like he wears really thick glasses and he's only five. So, I, you yeah. know, I, I don't have high hopes for him to to do the RC stuff. Um, but he wanted to try. And I said, sure, go for it. Let's do it. Let's yeah. have fun with it. I'll just have to build bigger planes. Or bigger yeah, I was going to say, you just got to get a giant scale plane. So yeah. Let me fly yeah, those around. Right. Yep. <laughs> I'll probably be flying my, my extreme flight, yeah. you know, more than I would. Yeah. But, uh, yes, yeah, so the 420, I put the 95 LVT uh, YG in there, and I was doing a flight, and I crashed it. It, it went into the ground, but it wasn't because of me. Um, but, yeah, I had, to, I had to shut down on, on me. So the whole thing shut down on me. The whole thing reset in the air. Um, not sure why. I kind of was like, oh, that happened. And I just kind of put it in the truck, and I was like, I'll investigate later. And I haven't had a chance huh. to look at it. But... I was actually quite amazed at the lack of damage. So I was basically doing like a, a fast forward flight into a wall. And then I did full collective uh, kind of, uh, you know, loop out of that wall. So I popped, stopped the wall and I did a big loop. And at that top of the loop, it just was like, Whoop! and it just fell. Um, that's weird. That's that's a that's a 95 YG. Those are awesome. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of strange. Uh, I mean, it could be something I did. I don't know. I haven't, like I said, I haven't taken a look at it, but what amazing... Safe wire, was, anything. Yeah, yeah, it could have been. Oh, it's uh, definitely user error. Let's, yeah. let's not kid ourselves. But regardless, <laughs> that, that, I mean, whatever. Yeah, I'm good with that. It's definitely user <laughs> error. It's an ID10, ID10T moment. Right. But what amazed me was the, the lack of damage on this crash. It fell literally like I was on the top of a huge pile of full collective, like really driving the heli. And, you know, so it was probably like 100 feet, 80, 100 feet in the air. And it came straight down. No power, no nothing. And, you know, I walk up to the heli and I'm like, okay, I pick it up. And I don't see anything real damaged on it. The boom's not bent. The blades aren't broken. Nothing's broken. Nothing looks bent. What? You didn't break the blades? I'm looking. No, the blades didn't break. And I'm like, and I see, I'm like, well, the spindle's bent. And the blade, one blade folded back and you see a little, you know, nick that, that happens. Not the, not the end of the world. Um, but it had no inertia, no nothing, so it just kind of fell out of the sky. And I even put it down and spooled it back up, and it flew. It, it sounded weird with a and out of track, but it flew. And you flew it like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, Way to go. Yeah, so <laughs> I was just like, well, I mean, I don't know why it shut off, but whatever. <laughs> I wasn't really listening. That's your 420 you're talking about? Yeah, my yeah. 420. It's going to be a pretty durable heli, isn't it? I it mean, really is. I'm interested to hear this because this was what I found when yes. I crashed it and I talked about this it. This was yeah. my third but crash now. It's, I think it's going to be pretty good for crashing. Third crash, same canopy. Uh, the boom was the only thing I changed once. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, like, I don't, I don't want to interrupt your week, but it's funny because mm-hmm. when SAB sent us the first helicopter here, um, they sent one for Kyle and I to, like, look at or whatever way, way back. Yeah. And then Kyle went to a subdivision and he started flying it. Well, we found out that um, there was a, the swash plate had the wrong dimensions on the outer swash on the lower, you know, where the balls um, mm-hmm. connect yeah. to the servos. Yeah. And so when you use a lot of cyclic, defle- uh, cyclic deflection, you know, it would pop a link. But Ooh. we didn't like we had no idea. Right. 
So Kyle was flying the crap out of it and doing like pogos, you know, pure flipping pogos. And literally as he goes upside down, like it pops the link and it went straight in as hard as it could. <laughs> and we had no parts. And I'm like, crap. Okay. Like this sucks. This, yeah. He's only flown it like four times. I haven't gotten to fly it. And I'm like, this sucks. No, it had zero damage, dude. Like wow. the blades, the blades took a hit and they were mm -hmm. torn up and we didn't have blades, but we had the 420 TBSs, which by the way, suck. They've yeah. been discontinued. They've been discontinued in lieu of the new S420s. But that's all I needed, blades. So I I flew it with a TBS blades, and it didn't fly that great with those blades. But it was inc I just could not believe didn't break a link, yeah. didn't break nothing, and the canopy still was intact. So I mean, mm -hmm. it was it was perfect. So I mm -hmm. I was I was impressed. They yeah. crashed well. Yeah, me it's, too. I I'm glad to hear this because I did the same thing. I plowed mine into the ground, stripped a servo horn, and I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. There was a guy up in uh, Iowa at the the fun fly I went to. Uh, he accidentally dumb thumbed his right into the ground tail first. And uh, other than the boom being messed up, blades were messed up. That was really it. Other than a few scuffs, but I mean, I'm pretty sure that within a, like a week's time, it's going to be back in the air. Yeah. Like the mainframe of it, you know, it didn't look like it was really beat up at all. It it took the hit good. Sure. Yeah, it's a little basher, man, for sure. <laughs> so uh, beyond that, I I did you know just, I went out after work, so it was like around like five thirty six o'clock. So you know it's starting to get dark around that time now. So I flew the Yuma with night blades. Um, I left the night blades on there from the Hanover Fun Fly that I had, mm -hmm. and I gotta say, uh, I kind of like flying in dusk with night blades. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. It's like a you still see the heli, you still see the, you know you still see the blades look really cool. Um, I do need new batteries, so Bert, I'm gonna have to put an order in for some switch batteries, <laughs> uh, nightblade batteries, if we got them in stock. But um, yeah, one of them doesn't work. <laughs> one of the batteries went out. But just whatever. like like crash or just no, out of no, nowhere. Just, no, just you know, I started it up and I was like, I'm like I'm spooling it up. I don't see the other blade lighting up. It's just one blade lighting up, but it's enough in yeah. in, in dusk. Ma you know, make sure blade. make sure it's the battery, Steven, not the blade. It could be the blade. I doubt yeah. I doubt it, but I would ch I would just ch I would swap yeah. the battery to the other blade just for a test. Yeah, yeah, I, it, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's unlikely, but it just double check first. And these yeah. batteries are like at least five six years old, and they've been sitting in my blade bag forever. Like yeah, that will do it. Nothing, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they were old. Um. But yeah, I flew it and that was fun. That's a that's a lot of fun flying with the night setup. I kind of kind of miss that. You know, I used to do it a lot with the Rochester events, and I don't do the Rochester event anymore. So, um, so it was kind of cool. I know yeah, nobody night nobody night flies anymore, man. Everybody, I mean, everybody wants the spotlights or the or the construction lights, right? But no, it's like, coming back, dude. It, it's coming back. Is it? It's, it's yeah. you don't see it that much though. Like it's not. It's not. Seats, you'll see it. Yeah. Yeah. It in, um, yeah. I mean, at my event, we had one side that was lit, and the other side, everyone's flying night blades. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Cliff, Lamont, all the like Virginia folks, we all fly with night blades now, on our rolls. Nice. But uh, let's see. Fast forward to Sunday. I got to go fly again. Um, this time, both kids came with me and, and both puppies, or both dogs. Kind of had the packed car. Um, I flew the 580 a whole bunch. I had like six or seven batteries. I charged them all up. I flew all of them. And on the fifth flight, I, you know. No oh boy. Fifth, cons fifth consecutive flight, you know, you, you, you basically get so comfortable, you know, I drove the damn helicopter into the ground, you know. 
um, yeah, I was in such a big, I was in such a groove, man. I was doing all these things. I was just kind of like not even thinking about it and just like wowing myself, seeing what the helicopter is <laughs> doing. And I'm like, whoa, this is cool. And I came in and I'm like, I came in, um, nose in, kind of in like a, um, an autoing, uh, a- attitude, right? Kind of like, you know, over speeding. And I stopped the heli like right in front, of, not right in front of me, maybe like right on the runway, right in front. And I backflipped, but I, you know, I just didn't put enough collective into it. So I just went into the ground and it, and the tail no. literally dug into the ground like a, like a, you know, a line trimmer or I don't know. I called it the edger, but then yeah, I, I think we edger. decided we're going to name that maneuver the tiller. Is that what you yeah. said, Steve? Yeah, it's a tiller the because tiller. the blades literally <laughs> went in and tilled the, the, the dirt, um, kicking all the dirt onto the yellow boom, which looks really cool on it, I think. And also, um, and, and the blades were stuck in the ground. The two tail blades were stuck in the ground. And obviously, you know, my tail fin was like 90 degrees as well. Um, but yeah. Freaking tough little heli. So it hit the ground. It comes, you know, the, the, at that point, I hit throttle hold, and the helicopter's kind of like not going towards me, but it is coming at me a little. So I'm just like, oh, dump it, you know, just full, full like, opposite collective, dump it. And I, I dump into the ground and pick it up, and I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> like, do I have fucking luck or what? Mm-hmm. Main blades, 600, 603 switch. It folded back, a little damage on the roof, but nothing I won't fly. So oh, that wow. came out unscathed. Tailblade's gone, boom, did bend up just a little bit, like a hair. I'd probably still fly it, you know. I don't think wow. it's bad enough. Bend it back the down. following arms, the following arms got twisted, and I lost, um, both links popped off. But um, the arms, main grip arms are fine, the blades were fine. Um, one link was broken. One link was fine. Like, I couldn't ask for a better crash. And it yeah, happened, like, literally bad. right in front of me. I mean, I put the order in. I think it was, like, 80 bucks of parts. And that's, like, me getting extra bits, too. Like, that I don't really need to. Like, I don't need to buy a new tail fin. But, you know, like, things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. That's nice. That was awesome. I couldn't believe it. And then I'm like, all right. That was cool. I mean, I don't care that I crashed. That doesn't bother me. So I'm like, 12S raw, man. I haven't flown this all summer long. I haven't flown it all year, pretty much. Like, as soon as the Puma came out, I've been 580 and Puma, 8S, you know, single pack for both LEs, blah, 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 all that shit. So, you know, I was looking at my raw and just sitting there. And so I'm like, I'm going to bring this out. Got my, you know, Maniacs uh, packs that haven't cycled in literally six months, seven months. And... Holy shit, I forgot how freaking amazing this helicopter is. Don't get me wrong. 580, I can, I just, you know, I go crazy on the 580 and it's fun. It can do anything I want. You know, Puma, I go crazy on it, but it's, it's a little bit tamer bird. You know, the head speed's a lot lower. It's not that crazy. Man, that raw on 2100, holy shit. And I don't know if I've just like, I've gotten more comfortable and I've been able to, figure like i've been able to do more maneuvers in a flight like i don't just get stuck doing like and we'll just get stuck doing the one thing all flight i'll like i'll actually do different things and i'll actually fly around more and i've been really working on like these you know just this big figure eight loops and stuff like that coming up and down um inverted upright you know different directions and stuff and i'm just oh man i just punch it and just pow 
pow, and the thing just goes. I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I forgot how good this helicopter flies, man. I think you appreciate um, it more. You've been flying yeah. the 420 and the Goosey yes. and the mm-hmm. M2s and even 580s, all but that even stuff. The 580s, even you the You forgot Puma. how great the 700 is. It's just like how great a true just, 712 is. It's just great. Is. It's yeah, the best. Like, I agree. I agree. I mean, 100%. I was being stupid with this helicopter, meaning like, oh, I'm going to try to boom strike it. I'm going to try to break it. Like, I have parts. I haven't crashed this or flown this helicopter in so long. I don't care. You know, like, I don't care if it goes in. Of course, the 580 goes in and the, and the raw's perfectly fine. Every, you know, all my flights are perfectly fine. So, no figure, but, oh, man, that was fun. It was it was like a really big eye-opener of like, oh, God, I miss this, Holly. I miss what the what a 12S power system feels like. Holy shit. Nice. Um, Agreed. Yeah. And then, of course, I, I fixed Hunter's FT Cub um, with the new prop. And, um, yeah, uh, we did we, we did another flight, and that was good. Um, I did another flight with it with him, and, and it was good. And, and I, of course, let me show you something. Go invert it and crash the right end because I forgot <laughs> to give throttle when I went inverted. Oh, jeez. I'm such a helicopter dude. I can't, like, fucking realize that I'm... Negative, can't switch. Oh, I can't switch. I always throw the throttle down like I'm going to go and bring it in an airplane. Hunter, man. <laughs> <I was> traumatized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you told me. No, but it was fine. Um, Nothing was broken on it, and then uh, we were fine, but it started to rain. Um, It was kind of a gloomy day in the first place, so it started to rain, and uh, at that point, I was like, all right, time to pack it up and bring it to Cub Scouts anyway. So we called it a day. Nice. Sounds like you had a good day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two days of flying, you know, one and a half days of flying. It was fun. It was definitely nice. good. Um, besides that, I wrenched a little bit. I wrenched on my Black Thunder. Or, yeah, my Black Thunder 700. I took the, the Spirit off of it, and that went to, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Telerotor folks. But uh, since now that Heli doesn't have a Flybrows unit, I have a CGY 760, so I started throwing that up there, and I... Uh, <laughs> just just like, you know, makes you realize how great Your a 12S raw is <laughs> compared to like, you know, anything else that's not 12S in, in a raw, you know, or a 700. Um, oh, my God. It's just like, why do they make it so hard? Like, why do they have to make it so complicated? It's like, oh, it's a 760. I plug in. I plug in my servos. I'm like, why the fuck is nothing working? Okay, let me check my servos. They're, you know, they did there's the 760. They're narrowband. That's what I want. Oh, oh wait. I gotta set the CGY to narrowband. Okay. Where do I do that? Oh, I gotta go into this menu and pick these buttons and that button and this thing. I'm like, oh my god. It took me. It took me at least I would say about an hour. So let, let me just kind of rewind. I watched Nick's video. I started watching Nick's video and I got my transmitter all set up the way Nick has it set up and I started doing the CGY like base setup. But I guess he didn't get into the servo setup and I just kind of skipped it i guess so i just couldn't figure out why i mean why the fuck is my servos not turning on it's not working you know yep, you do all that with that programmer box deal yeah that, yeah. that little programmer mm-hmm. gb whatever it is one i think but um yeah so like i couldn't figure out what the servos weren't booting up i thought i was doing something wrong that plug-in upside down i couldn't figure it out and yeah sure enough i said everything at 760 and everything booted up everything's fine and i'm like all right so i'm like after a whole night, like maybe about four hours worth of messing and tinkering with it, I 
finally have the swash moving. I, you know, I can I can move the ailerons. I can move everything. The, the swash moves the way I want it. I haven't hooked up the tail yet, so who knows? Um, I'll work on that later. But um, I'm just thinking, like, God, I really appreciate the simplicity and user-friendliness of a V-Bar. It really, like... I, they say it gets I, easier, you know, after 8 or 10 or 20 or 50. Sure. <laughs> Sure, anything gets so easier after 20, 50, 100 <laughs> times, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. seriously, like, I mean, <laughs> it's cool, and I'm glad Nick made those videos, but it yeah. really is a long process to get like, I, from, I have, from I, to go, you know? Yeah, I have one sitting here, and I, I've yet to find the motivation to jump on it, mm-hmm. you know, to try it. Yeah. So, besides that, um, I did do some buying. Kind of wrap up my week. I uh, bought some mini cyclics, uh, Saber mini cyclic theta servos, and a TH1 low profile tail silver for the raw 580 nitro kit I'm building up next. And of course, I ordered more parts from Bert <laughs> and ordered uh, <laughs> the parts I need nice. to fix the 580 uh, raw. So I should be getting that hopefully soon as well. Yeah, I should to go. Oh, oh dude, bef- yes. are you done, Steve? I have one last thing, but it's okay. kind of a plank-related thing. But um, I have an old Nitro Hobbit <laughs> Star. Oh, no, Superstar. Hobbitco Superstar. I don't know. Some Nitro 40-size Nitro plane. Um, I am throwing a Neo in there, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, beyond that, it's it's going to be running uh, all the old shit in a Nitro. That'd be cool. I want to just, yeah. Fun I want to do that. And, with. Yeah, and that, and I also want to, I think, like, a bigger plane like this might be fun for Hunter to Buddy Box mm-hmm. as well. Like, you know. It's a trainer. It's meant for this stuff. Yeah, so, he yeah. might look at it more if it's leaving a smoke trail and making noise. Making noise, too, so you can hear and see where yeah. it's coming from. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. All right, Kevin, what's up? So before Andy goes, I I don't know. I do this every week where I forget something major that happened to me. <laughs> okay, I'm talking about landscaping and flooring and <laughs> not the actual, you know, related to the podcast. But I'm at my mom's, and my phone rings, and it's Scott Graham, and he wants to FaceTime video me. And I'm like... <laughs> Let me get out of the living room because just in case, you know, uh-huh, they're at a uh-huh. fun fly, I don't want, you know, I don't I want F bombs dropping in mom's living room. So I go outside and I, I don't think Scott would do it, but you never know. You're a fun fly and, you know, whatever. So um, I go up front and, and Scott's like, hey, man, you're about to witness Mr. Steve Shaw made in his 570. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, he. It was. I gotta say thanks to Scott. That was great. It was like the highlight of the weekend, man. I couldn't make it to Queen City. They were up uh, at uh, you know Eric Shoe's event and Jay's event. I call it that. I don't even know if it is, but it's Amy's event. Yeah, you know Amy was there. I saw some pictures, but uh, yeah, it was it was really cool, man. He did a maiden. They were trying to get him to do all sorts of things, and uh, and Steve was not doing. No. <laughs> Iron Wills would not do it, huh? Yeah. So that was that was great, man. I, I wanted to say, you know, thanks to Scott and, and mm-hmm. Steve for that's good. He's only hauled that heli to North Carolina two or three times. <laughs> I know, right? He, <laughs> still to to it. It. <laughs> he probably brought it up for the fourth time, and they were like, "No, get that thing out. Yeah. We're doing yeah. it now." <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'd heard about this five seventy. Come on. Um, yeah. One thing I do want to, um, now that you brought it up with Scott Graham, I want to bring up, uh, you know, big shout out to Scott Graham and and um, Ethan Bell for that event. They did a, they had to. Boy Scouts come. Oh, that was awesome. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna yeah. mention that in like news and announcements. I didn't oh, see awesome. That. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, now mm-hmm. that you mentioned it, man, that that I thought was fantastic. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Which I'm is sure like, they had a blast, man. Oh, for sure. And you know, which is interesting because I'm like, oh, my son does Cub Scouts. I'm like, shit, I can, I can do this for them as well. So that kind of inspired me to uh, bring it up to them. You know, uh, doing some type of nice. aviation day with them so that they can check out some airplanes and, and helicopters at the field. You know. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was really cool. cool to see. Mm-hmm. For sure, that was a great idea to have them show up. Yeah, and do that. All right, Andy. All right. I did not fly anything. I did order something. All right. Um, but I've been doing some stuff, uh, some changes that's coming that I've been working on for a few weeks now or so. Um, as you know, only find helis. Uh, he shut down Shannon. Mm-hmm. Shannon offered me a position on his team in two July of 2018. So it's been a little over four years yeah. wow. and was treated really well. Shannon, his family are great, great people. I mean, yeah, just the I best. Had a lot of fun. The teams was fantastic. Uh, got to meet a lot of guys and made good friends. Um, but with all that coming to close, I started uh, thinking about, okay, where am I going to go now? And, I don't have to be on a team, but I do enjoy the camaraderie and being able to help people or being able to be approachable for questions and stuff. Because if you're on a team, people are more, whether you know anything or not, they think you know stuff. So they're they're more apt to ask you questions and approach you. So I kind of appreciate that. And so I was thinking and looking around, asking a few people that are on different teams to kind of get a feel because it's not something that I take lightly. Sure. I don't, I don't switch teams. I don't switch brands very often. Once, once I make a decision to join a team, then I'm with them, you know, until hell or high water situation, you know? So I didn't want to jump the gun and get in a situation that I thought I wouldn't be happy. So I'm asking around and then, um, talking to some of the guys on uh, the BK team. It's funny that Bert's here tonight. Uh, and <laughs> I, I start looking at the team members. I'm like, well, I'm real close with that guy. I'm real close friends with that guy. I know all these guys, I'm friends with basically all of them. I hang out with them at the events. So that, that makes sense. Um, I end up having a, a long conversation with Bert to see what he's looking for if I can be on the same page because I don't want to get in a position and be expected to do this or that that I'm not comfortable with or I'm not looking for mm-hmm. and so to sum it all up I've joined the the BK team Bert was kind enough to offer me a position and I really appreciate it you're most you're most welcome, dude. We're really, really happy and stoked to have you. And uh, thank you. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Shannon um, either closed his doors or is closing his doors. So I don't know which yes, one it is, but um, and that's a sad loss to to the entire hobby for sure. So um, I did. You know the 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 least we could do is extend an invitation to to somebody like you that uh, that you know, like you said, you're not a team hopper. You're not. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, you're just, you're a guy of your word. You, you also 
don't have a problem being honest about products and things like that. And like, uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's one thing that I was, I was concerned about is I like to, to do reviews and talk about stuff. And if, if there's something I see that could be made better, I want to say, you know, this product's great, but this could be improved. And I didn't want, I did, I, it's not that I ever bash stuff per se, but I I'm okay with criticizing something in a you know fair type of a way. And yeah, yeah. So, um, but and yeah, that, and that's always about, that's always welcome. So that's there's never an issue with that. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. After talking with you, I felt that it would be a good fit, and like I said, I already knew all the guys and um. The people that I talked to on your team said casual. It's like a family. We hang out, have fun, make fun of each other. I'm like, all right, that sounds perfect. Yeah, it's a hobby. You have to have fun above all, for sure. Yeah. And speaking of Shannon, I did talk to Shannon and, and, you know, make sure everything was good there. He said, absolutely. Bert's a great guy. I think you'd fit in well there. So he speaks highly of you. Congratulations, Andy. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Shannon and I have had a really good, really solid relationship for years. And uh, I don't want to get into politics, but when we became the U.S. distributor for SAB, he was a little upset about the whole brand situation in the U.S. So it took a little bit of working him back. But uh, but we did, and we've uh, we've been pretty good friends ever since. And yeah. I have nothing but positive things to say about him. And and again, it's it's quite sad and unfortunate that he's he's closing his doors. But uh, you know, I I guess it is the nature of the beast. And this this is a tough business, right? Yeah, and it definitely, and is. he has more lucrative, which is not hard to find, <laughs> more <Yeah>. lucrative, <laughs> more lucrative endeavors. So hey, can't blame him. Can't right. blame him. Right. Yeah, I understand it. It is sad, but I totally get where he's coming from. It's hard to leave money on the table for one business to focus on RC Haley's, which, I mean, let's be honest, there's there's not a ton of money in. So I get what he's doing. I mean, Shannon still yeah. went to those events, you know, and like to lug that big trailer. Yeah. You know, the, the fuel costs of these days. I mean, it, I don't know how you even did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's an incredible amount of overhead. No doubt. Yeah, it's a lot of overhead. Yeah. And he did it for a long time. He, yeah, I remember when he was bringing the tent and then he I remember when he said, hey, I'm getting a trailer. And uh, yeah, I mean, he he did that for a, a long time. And I. I agree with you, Steve. I don't know how he was pulling that off, but he was somehow. Maybe, maybe some of the photography business was funding. Right. I mean, I think so. Because <laughs> sure, yeah, I mean, sure. I know events. He probably broke even if that. By the time he played for yeah. the fuel and everything of, of dragging yeah. that stuff around, he did it because he enjoyed it and he liked yeah. helping out the folks. And uh, it's good to see Caleb get out and fly. I mean, Caleb yeah. basically has has grown up matured in it. And so that was cool to, to see him as well. So I think he just did it out of a love for the hobby more than anything. I think so as well. Oh, absolutely. And proof of that is, uh, just in my case, like I had ordered something, I think maybe a week or two before Fredericksburg 
and I went there. I didn't even talk to him about it. We got there, and he was like, "Hey, here, I brought this." Like, who? Like, who does that? Yeah. They're just you know, I know he's saving a little bit on on shipping and all, but still, like, that's like a love of the hobby type thing. That's not like a business type thing. Yeah, in my mind, yeah, for sure. Good folks. Yeah, definitely great guy, man. But I'm happy Absolutely. to. I'm glad. I'm uh, thankful that you offered Bert, and I'm look forward to some f- events and fun flies in the future. Um, all right. So what I ordered again, too much time sitting in the combine with nothing to do <laughs> thinking I keep buying stuff. I don't really need, but I want per se. So I pre-ordered the Puma freedom edition that's coming out. <laughs> nice. I think I, I think I saw your name somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, when it first announced that, I was like, yeah, that'd be really cool. But I kept telling myself, I don't really need a Puma. But then I'm like, well, but it'd be cool. And this one looks really nice and it's kind of special, but I don't really need it. But one day I was like, well, what the hell? Let's just get one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need it, but I'm going to buy it. Yeah. I, so we don't, we don't, we don't need any of the helicopters we have. What are well, you talking about? That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, well, here's what pushed me over the edge. I started thinking about my Oxy five, right? I'm going to use all the electronics out of the Oxy five to go in this Puma. I can make it work. The motor is a little bit high KV, but I think I'm going to one thing. And I've spoke about this before. One thing I really appreciate it appreciate about sab and the goblins is they have lots of gearing options they have lots of pulleys so that you can gear for like there's usually well like eight or ten different pulleys available for each model 18 to 24 which is it's fantastic and much more than most other ones i mean usually you get like three or four options and most time they're too damn high but with the two-stage gear tr- gear um, reduction, it allows you more freedom in in your gearing options, I guess. Yeah. So all that to say, I have a um, an X Nova Lightning forty twenty five eleven twenty kV. I want to put that in there, run it on six S, and gear it to run like sixteen hundred max RPM. So it'll be a more a low head speed. It's not, uh, and being that it's this freedom, it's obviously not one that I'm going to want to throw around and hit the ground with. So it's going to be more a low head speed, take to fun flies, tool around, because it looks awesome more so than go out and smash the ground with. Yeah. So I think it's yeah, that'll work. work. That that'll work. Um, the, you're obviously going to have to throttle back uh, your ESC. So yeah, yeah with the with the eighteen tooth pulley, I think at eighty five percent puts me right around seventeen hundred. So at eighty five percent throttle, so I'll be in that seventy seventy five range most of the time. It'll, yeah, it'll, that's it'll perfectly fine. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously an 830 KV motor that they have, the 4025 830 would be better. Uh, I did the math on it. It would actually work on 6, 7, or 8S, depending on the pulley. 
So if I have to get a new motor, that's what I'll get. Um, yeah, a lot of people are liking the 1000 KVX Nova 4030 mm-hmm. 1000, mm-hmm. but that's more for yeah, like your traditional, you know, 2000, mm-hmm. 1950, right. 2000 right. head speed. Yeah. And yeah, that works it, well on, on six or seven S as well. But if you want lower head speed, I agree with you. 830 is the way to go. Yeah. I think if I keep the, the head speed down, I can keep the amp draw low enough that I'll be okay on six S packs because I don't like to overtax my batteries. And yeah. I, I can always get another motor. And actually, that brings me to my next point. I'm going to sell the Oxy 5 airframe. And if somebody wants the motor, then they can the motor can go with it. And I'll buy an 830KV. But if I only sell the airframe, I can actually stick everything. I'm going to use mini servos. So watch out, Ron Course. <laughs> and McGrady. Yep. Mini servos. Um the Hobby Wing <laughs> 120 ESC and that X Nova motor. And if, if I sell the motor, I'll get an 830 KV, which would actually be perfect. Then I could bump it up to 7 or 8S if I really want to. Um, Damn, Andy, be careful, Ronk. Am I sending you more yeah. PayPal, Andy? Is I don't know. You need an Oxy 5 airframe? Yeah, don't you need an Oxy 5 I'll take the whole damn airframe. Hell yeah. You want Sounds the, you like want the whole heli ready to yeah, fly? <laughs> no, I'm ready to fly. Okay. Be careful with Ron Chorus because he swears left and right that minis is not enough. Yeah, I know. That's why I said watch out. I mean, obviously, <laughs> when I go to fly this, he'll, he'll run and hide. Yeah. <laughs> for the way I fly, it'll be fine. Yeah. I'm not worried about it's it. Fine for, it's fine for anybody. Like, I probably would not have an issue flying it like that. Yeah. Which I, I mean, because... Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I'll say good mini servos. I have some expert minis that are, I mean, they got quite a bit of torque. I don't remember the number, but as much torque as uh, full-size servos had five years ago, they were fine 700s on. So I'm not really too worried about it. And I'm not a, a real hardcore type of pilot anyway, so I think it'll be fine. Yeah, you know, I it, and it's funny because you mentioned that, and like Steve was talking about the raw seven hundred, and I, naturally, I think that all of us, when we fly the Puma, we don't fly it as hard, regardless of right. skill level, because it just it's not, it's not something wrong with it. It's just yeah, it's a lower head speed model. You know, it's a little bit more tame, like Steve was saying. So um, I think it'll be just fine with the minis. Yeah. I mean, and and I just went through the same thing you went through, Steve. I. My raw 700 was neglected because I was flying Puma, Puma, Puma. And right before Urcha, I went and flew and I was like, whoa, this is like stupid. You know, it's yeah, like it's did, I forgot power. what. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, so much power that I went and did the demo for uh, Maniacs on Saturday and it lasted about 30 seconds. So. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, uh, uh, so, you'll be fine with minis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I probably won't fly a ton. It'll be more of a show bird, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it'll be oh, fun. Hey. All right. Should we move on and check in on Bert, see what he's been up to? Sure. Yeah, well, we'll go kind of right into the main topic, and we'll mm-hmm. kind of catch up with Bert first. So, Bert, catch yeah. us up. What's going on? What's uh, How you been? How's BK Hobbies been, you know? Another day in paradise, I guess you could say. Just the same old stuff. I'm actually enjoying myself a little bit more 
outside the hobby in the past, I would say mm -hmm. two to three weeks because this is the slow time of the year for mm -hmm. the hobby business. So we all know that come like the beginning to the middle of September, all the way through like middle to end of November, Black Friday time, it's usually pretty dead. It's not scary that as bad as January and February, but it's pretty dead. So um, I used to get scared and I get worried and now we're going to make it. Now I just embrace it because I know it's going to happen. <laughs> Take some time. So although I have to say that this year our business, thank God, has done a little better. Um, you know, there were rough times in 2020 and 2021. I think this year, you know, by adding a few more products to our catalog and a better website, more robust with more payment forms and the firm credit option and everything else, I think we've captured some new customers. So we're doing better. But I... I like enjoy this slow time because it, it takes me, I can get away from helis and it kind of revitalizes. It makes me want to fly more. So I literally stopped flying cold Turkey when I came back from the um, heli extravaganza, like no flying zero. And uh, you know, taking it easy and just doing other things, just going out on the boat or going on for a bike ride or whatever. And then literally like um, last weekend, I was like all of a sudden like started itching that I had to fly. And I already had made plans with Susie and stuff. And so I just went in the backyard and put literally two flights on on, on my Raw 700 because now I like the Raw 700 again. <laughs> and uh, so I had a lot of fun just with two flights all by myself out there, which I rarely ever do. But I was kind of starting to miss it. And then today... I went to Carrie Shirley's house because um, he wanted me to test. He wanted to get my impressions on that new raw. Um, Super G. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, that's going to be the grand price at the uh, at the Heli Rodeo this year. Um, so, yeah. So th those guys asked if I could like fly it, you know, and hand it to the winner. And I'm like, uh, I really would not. I would prefer not. Because with my luck, something's going to freaking happen, you know, and it's like, OK, the winner's not going to have a heli, but a crash heli. But uh, but anyway, I don't know how that's going to turn out. But Gary wanted me to give it a give it a try. So I went to his house. He lives literally like half a mile from me, literally. So went to his house. He has a lot of property. So flew it in the backyard. And then he wanted me to fly and test, give give him my impressions on a Oxy 5 conversion that he's working on mm -hmm. and he just literally literally texted me while we we're just just now recording that uh he posted a video about it and it's like a terrible flight video because i was <laughs> so gary flies futaba and like there's nothing wrong with futaba but i'm not used to it at all and it's it's weird man it just feels different you know and then i'm i'm really picky with how the sticks feel the stick tension, the, the length of the sticks. I'm a thumber and I have short thumbs, so I always shorten my sticks all the way down. Mm -hmm. And I'm very used to the ergonomics of a, a V-control. And then flying a Futaba radio was like very like foreign to me in my hand. So I was like really high and taking it easy. But I must say that thing was cool, man. An Oxy-5 with Switch 553s and uh, 553s, I think. I don't know, or 523s. And uh and that I don't know nothing about gassers, but that 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 motor that has the same form factor as like a 90 yeah, 90 size G, what, what, GT uh 15 or G something 15. 
Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that one. And uh, it actually flew very well. I was very impressed. It was cool. It was really cool. So I don't know if that's something he's releasing or he already released. I, I don't follow a lot of the yeah, I don't follow a lot of the gas stuff, but um I have nothing against it. Just never got really into it. But um yeah, so I got to fly today. I did a few flights, so I've flown twice this week, more than any of you fuckers. Nice. Huh? <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, maybe not. No, no more than Steve. Steve flew a lot this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, and that's about it. Like, other than that, just taking it easy, getting ready for uh, our busy time end of November, you know, getting ready for the heli rodeo, getting ready for, you know, the Black Friday sale. Yeah, yeah. And then awesome. getting. Yeah. yeah. I'll be there. Then, There's going to be a bunch of us East yeah, Coast folks. I'll be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you're going too? Nice. Yeah. 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 Uh, my Grady's going and uh, yeah, Gucci, going, you know, yeah. Dan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A lot of those guys are going. So, yeah, it'll be Frank fun. Be there too, so, yeah. Even Steve Shaw yeah. told me he's going to be there. He's Is it really? Oh, yeah. Boy. He said he's going all the way out there to win that casser. Is he going to start driving now? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's already going to be there in Vegas or something is what he told okay. me. So. Oh, that's cool. Well, I think Steve there. was... Steve was bummed after uh, after the the fiasco with <laughs> with the hurricane and the, mm. and the, and the, and the modal man what a yeah. what a mess yeah. you know God Jesus but um yeah so getting ready for that then getting ready for the whole Black Friday thing which is like super busy for us and then uh, and then right after Black Friday is the Winter Bash it's that weekend right after so yeah nice. yeah and of course. Of course, that's a busy weekend because we do the Thanksgiving with the family, and then mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday is going to be work all weekend long, and then into the following week, and then the winter bash. So, yeah, so busy times ahead. Looking forward For to sure. it. It'll be cool. Speaking of the hurricane, did you guys fare okay? Yeah. Did you have any damage? No, not at all. Um, nice. You know, we're so far inland. Right, uh, right. It was we. It was mainly rain. We got a lot of rain, and then uh, on the east coast, um, we have a boat and we keep it in Daytona, and uh, that was pretty bad over there. It was probably sixty mm-hmm. to seventy miles an hour steady with gusts to like a hundred for oh, like, damn. yeah, twenty four hours straight. It was really really bad. I can't imagine how bad it was where it made landfall in Southwest Florida. Right, it, right. I mean, I heard that people died in their homes oh, because. For sure. Because of the water, yeah, and they they didn't order they didn't issue evacuation orders to to that southern part of where Marco Island and all that area is because they thought it was going to continue north, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it turned. And uh, I mean, in some areas, had over twenty feet of uh, surge. So I yeah, mean, if you bad. live in a single yeah single story home, where do you go? You go to the attic, and then what next? Right. A lot so, of the, a lot of older homes there that weren't up to hurricane standards and stuff. My grandmother yeah, that too. had a place there, and um, I say had because there's nothing <laughs> left. Uh, Pine Island, there near Fort Myers, and it was yeah. right through there and flattened the whole neighborhood. Where was she at? Uh, oh, she's up here. It was just a, a oh. winter place. Oh, got so it. Okay, it was okay. Just a, it was just a complete write-off. I think she ended up selling yeah, selling the lot to someone so she didn't have to worry about cleaning it up and stuff because there was nothing left yeah such devastation yeah. is incredible that thing was and 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 it just it it took forever to like leave the area mm-hmm. it was like incredible it was incredible so and again i can't imagine because i went to daytona to the marina where i keep my boat literally the day it was going by like it was kind of towards the end 
And one of the main docks was like two feet underwater. So Daytona had a five to six foot search. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine what it was like on the West Coast where it, you know, made the landfall. It's insane. So and then it made it all the way up to the spring to the mow down to bring in just some rain. Right. Mm -hmm. And a little bit of wind. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty rainy and windy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've been I've been down across on the ocean side over here uh, in Stewart, Florida, and there's some homes there that at calm like ocean, it, they're like five feet maybe from wow. uh, from the sea level, and I'm like, I don't know how these people would deal with it. One like storm that. Like, and they'll be that's it, man. Yeah. Fifteen feet, you're gonna wipe your whole first floor out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And well, so and there was like, a lot of. It was a lot of flooding because also there was a lot of rain. I know that like Daytona Beach had two feet of rain, two feet of rain in like 36 hours. So there was a lot of rain. There was a lot of flooding from the rain. And then there was a lot of surge to, you know, top it off. So it was crazy, man. It was wild. Yeah. So, but thank God. No, we're, we're inland. So other than the place looking like a war zone, simply because every single tree branch and mm-hmm. tree leaf that could have fallen fell. Other than that, you know, knock on wood, we did good. We That's got lucky. Good. That's good. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think Steve Shaw didn't really feel hardly anything because, like, I, I have a friend that lives in Stewart, and uh, and he said it wasn't bad at all. It was just a little breezy. But, I'm in Port St. Lucie, and it was uh, the first night was uh, a lot of rain, and the second night was a lot of rain. That was about it. Yeah. 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 You're on the good side of the storm, too. You're on the... You know, yeah, it, was, the, it was north of us. Yep. Yeah. Shit, yeah. I was hearing a lot of damn it, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hearing that for like two solid weeks. It's like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. 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 No shit, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. you, Ian. Ian. Yeah, Fuck Ian. Ian blows. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> can't see you with your uh, <laughs> I saw the intent. That's the that counts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh kind of moving on, uh more BK stuff. So I want to hear more about your flight team. This is kind of new, right? To have a a hobby shop flight team instead of more of a specific brand team, you know, set up. Yeah. Um well I mean I we originally started with the BK Servo flight team when we started the BK Servo brand back in 2013 or so. But, you know, after COVID, we lost um, a key, uh, one of the key factories um, that was making some of our components. And it was like, okay, we we had to reinvent the wheel and start from scratch. So obviously, the Servo brand lost a lot of traction on the market because of that. And, uh, you know, I, I try to source stuff from other factories and everybody was like, racing their minimum order quantities for product like tenfold and yeah. prices were like five times more and it was like okay that defeats the whole purpose of what you know what the brand was intended to do which was you know to be a a very value uh servo with the really really high-end specs right mm-hmm. so anyway when that happened like i just thought you know as we were growing the bk hobby side of things the the retail shop side of things and bringing in other brands and such, um, it kind of made logical sense to have to start building a small team and start growing it from there. And uh, um, at the time, I don't remember exactly how it happened. I think Kyle 
I think Kyle suggested Scott Graham to be the team manager after Scott mm-hmm. had either resigned or whatever happened between Scott and A-Main at that time. I, I don't really know or it doesn't matter. But um, Scott was interested and he uh, and he took over the team. He started building the BK Hobbies team. And so obviously at first he brought in the people that he knew that would be good candidates. And then slowly he started growing it. Um until he kind of went through a phase where he left a hobby, you guys remember, and you know it was this period of time where he like he wasn't really in the hobby. He sold he didn't his leave stuff. The hobby. He rage that. quit the hobby. Yeah, he rage honest. quit. The yeah. Hobby. Then he yeah, realized yeah. How, and so, how, how awesome the hobby is. Like, all right, I'll come back. Yeah, and how crappy paintball <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, and then he and then he said, and then he wanted like and he wanted to continue to manage the team despite the fact that he you know he was like. He had sold everything. And, you know, that was really nice and noble of him. And but, you know, after about a month or two, like I think Kyle and I talked, it's like Kyle's like, dude, I can do it. Like I I because we felt like he would we felt like Scott wanted to continue as because he would he was trying to be nice. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, if he quit the hobby, like why? Because I kept asking, dude, if you're not in the hobby, why? Like why? I mean, I it's great. I, I appreciate it a lot. But. You know, don't get me wrong, but like, what? Why do you want to do it? And I think yeah. I still to this day think it was doing it just to be nice. Anyway, we Colin and I took over the team uh, around that time, and then we just kept finding good people, good candidates, and uh, we slowly, slowly to this day continue to grow it. I don't believe in quantity; I believe in quality. So we're not growing the team to have a hundred plus people. That's not our intent. We just want good. Good old boys, just guys that really care, are passionate about the hobby, that have good chemistry um, together, and you know that really enjoy it. So, yeah. but yeah, we—I uh, don't know how many team guys we have. Um, it's on our website somewhere. I think we're up to probably about twenty. Yeah, I think talking so. about yeah. uh, good good people in the hobby, you know. Yeah. Congrats to Tom Shin. He's yeah. a new member of your team as well, and he's a great person. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Tom just Tom just made it to the team. Um, similar situation as Andy, you know. He said, you know, my, you know, my my only choice is Shannon because he was trying to be supportive of Shannon. He believed mm-hmm. in Shannon's yeah. uh, business and Shannon's ethics and Shannon's friendship. But when Shannon is no longer a player, um, as a hobby shop anymore, then he he said, you guys are my number one choice, Mm -hmm. you know, past Shannon. So, and you know, Tom's an awesome guy, brings a wealth of knowledge. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm, you know, I have to thank you two guys, Andy and and Tom for choosing us Mm -hmm. more than you thanking me for putting you on the team, to be honest. So I'm humble and I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. And it's not Tom and I, of course, talked about it beforehand and, and stuff. And it's not a decision we take lightly. Um, but you know, we, we believe in what you're doing and, or at least I do, I don't want to speak for Tom, but Tom really is a great guy and, uh, a wealth of knowledge. Again, yeah, I, 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 I become, I knew Tom a little bit, but actually become closer friends from being on the only fine Haley's team. Oh, Again, I'm sure. Yeah. Tom, yeah. Dan Renane, you know, and you, and you know, there was also the aspect when you asked the question, Steve, like, like about the team like it, it became really difficult because at some point we had a switch place team which is still there it's just not 
it's not actively yeah it's, it's not as active as i'd like for it to be but you know the switch team and the bk servo team and the sab usa team and it just started to get really difficult to manage all, all these teams. teams right yeah and most of these guys were flying pretty much the same stuff so it was mm -hmm. like it kind of became almost pointless really to have all this segregation among all these people that kind of know each other and fly similar product right mm -hmm. so I'm still trying to figure out how to define certain things and how to improve things and like, but you know, um, the guys that were on the SAB USA team that were, and you were one of them, I think, Steve, maybe you were or not, mm -hmm. that were worthy of like not being dropped. You guys got moved on to the factory team, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and then the ones that SAB did not want to take for one reason or another became a part of the BK Hobbies team. So, I mean, everybody you know, everybody ended up like in a good place. So, and, and I think this actually unites people a little more because we don't have a lot of restrictions on the BK hobby team. So like, obviously if we don't have a product, you can't benefit from buying a product, you know, at a better price or whatever. But even if we don't have the product, we don't care if you fly the product, like it, we're very, very easy when it comes to the BK hobbies team. Yeah. Super easy. That was I mean, you obviously have, yeah, you have to fly at least one or two brands out of everything, right? You know, you know, if you fly oxys and uh, you know, nitro only and ex uh, actually we carry expert servo. I don't know. Uh, you know, if you fly everything, nothing that we stock. Well, of course that would doesn't that, make that sense. would make no no sense. But on the other hand, we don't care if you show up one day with like I don't know some random brand that we don't sell or whatever. It's not it's not a big deal for us. Right. It's more about like being an ambassador to the hobby and to the to the brands directly or indirectly so and being a good well-rounded person with a good care character that's it simple yeah. and i think that's had, smart Bert, because you can have a pilot then that that might see something in another helicopter or might see something early and say hey you know they're doing this or this really flies good because of that yeah and i listen to a lot of feedback like my goal is to continue to expand the line of products i just have to I, I have to believe in a brand before I stock that brand. I have a big issue with stocking brands. I have no no belief as only in only because, you know, I feel like it's to some degree our obligation to the customer to support to support the customer with those brands. Right. So I have to believe in the brand or have to believe in the people behind the brand before I bring in a brand on board. Yeah. Um, it's hard. But to then promote, also it's hard to promote a brand that you don't believe in yourself yes. i mean it's just yeah or the or or even even if you believed in it that you didn't think they would offer you the support that you would need right. when something's wrong or when a customer has an issue or you know what i mean and like and but of course there's other aspects there's a the financial aspect some brands required a relatively large investment mm -hmm. you know your return on that investment will be and or when it will take place so i mean there's so many factors but i want i i like you were saying, Kevin, like, I, thanks for the compliment when it comes to the way we we treat the team is because I really want the feedback from the team. Like I literally less than a week ago asked a bunch of guys about a couple of ideas for products because I I want their feedback. I, I mean, you, you guys are to a degree more exposed to the hobby than I am at times because there's times I do nothing but sit on a desk or go ship product or go. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you guys are more on the hobby side than I am more frequently. So yeah, I want feedback because I want I want to improve things and make things better. So 
So yeah, I'm I'm stoked with the team. I love the team. I, I love every there's not a single person on the team right now that I am not happy with. Like everybody is there for a reason. So it's awesome. And I have to thank Scott Graham for having started this and 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 I have to thank Kyle for for helping with this all along. And 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 Ron Chorus has given me some suggestions on certain candidates. And I mean everybody's been super, you know, uh and super helpful. Uh, and, and, you know, I, it's, it's just cool. You know, I, I feel like everybody cares and, and I love it. It's, I, I'm, again, I'm humbled by the support that, that we've received. It's, it's just awesome. So. Great. Awesome. Anyway. All right. Uh, so let's talk about BK podcast next. Yeah. What happened? Oh boy. Where'd you go? Yeah. What happened? So I was listening. So I was listening to <laughs> one of your podcasts recently, and uh, I forgot who was who was the guest. I don't remember. I don't know what you were listening to. You gotta, <laughs> but, yeah. but you guys, you guys were talking about. You, somebody made a comment about like, or maybe it wasn't your podcast. I, I'm trying to remember who was talking. It could have been RCHN. You know their new their new podcast. Somebody was saying something about like they were commending you. I think it was saying, you know, how you guys had so many episodes and how cool that was and the amount of commitment level commitment that it takes to do that. And like, and said, you know, it's very uncool when somebody just quits and then they just go away and they don't say anything. Well, hello, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And yes, it is very uncool. It is very uncool. Um, I, 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 I get it. I, I'm not proud of it. Uh, but you know, uh, like I was telling you guys before you hit the record button, it, it is, it, it is a huge commitment. It really is. You guys know it more than I do. I mean, you've been doing this for what, six, seven years now. Yeah. Seven almost years, seven years. And you brought me on like what, like one of the first 50 or something mm-hmm. or first 100, like it had to be early, like, first year, like I with, think. within the first year. Right. So it had to be, yeah. Um, I remember that. And, and RCHN was going away at that time, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to have been doing this for, God, like that long. That's insane. That's insane. It's not people, – people think that you just sit – like people think that it's as easy as just a bunch of guys hanging out and like talking shit. Well, yes, it is. But there's a lot that happens. There's a lot that happens um, that has to happen before and after. Right? right. And a lot of people don't really realize that. Um, Kyle and I, so my idea of the podcast was I wanted to do something that was extremely informative and super technical, or I wanted to have a super high end guest every week. Mm-hmm. Well, I soon came to the realization that those two <laughs> things hard. are not possible <laughs> yeah. af- after about 59 episodes. No. And that's how many we did. 59. Yeah. So, you know, we brought in almost every person I could think of of value. And we had some yeah. probably not so interesting episodes. But, you know, we brought Tarek outside. We even we were going to even bring Curtis Youngblood because mm-hmm. I got a hold of. Yeah, I got a hold of Curtis and he was interested and then he disappeared. Never got a hold of him again. So, yeah. but, Wait, but, talking about um, Jones? Oh, forget that. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it, it's, it, I mean, to do those technical episodes, man, I mean, you have to prep like, a lot of prep. I mean, 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's I be mean, real. It's a big pain in the ass. Yeah. It is. No, <laughs> to it's do huge. the work and to like prep. All of it really becomes right. I mean, even just promoting it, right? Like running a website, running a Facebook page, running, you know, just uh, the social media aspect of it. So, like all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've been in the hobby and and and, and I've been in this hobby, not helicopters, but in the hobby in general for thirty nine years, and and I've been in the hobby and helicopters like like hardcore for twenty years now, and I. And even with all the knowledge that I've acquired working for all these manufacturers and doing all the stuff and product development and all these trips within the U.S. and overseas and everything else and all the wealth of knowledge that I've acquired, like I could talk about a topic from my own perspective and my point of view and my experience. Right. But then but then if I really wanted to be fair to that particular subject or topic, I had to do research to see mm -hmm. how my ideas or my experiences compare to those of others or whatever. And that research, it is it takes so much time. Yeah, it, it's very dude, time you can, I mean, you can spend ten hours, ten hours to get ready for a one hour episode. Literally, literally. So, sure. so we got busy and we were going through busy times and a lot of events and a lot of work and a lot of stuff going on. Uh, and when I say we, I say Colin and I both were really busy and uh, we just couldn't find a time to like, because to be honest, we could have the way we had things set up is we had this little like recording little room in the shop with like microphones and mixing board. And we would do it face to face, like hit the record button, do it face to face, try to spend the least amount of time editing and doing any of that stuff, because we just honestly did not have that much time. And and if we didn't, if we weren't able to make the time to sit down together for that hour, plus spend another hour or two pre-show, plus another hour or two post-show, mm -hmm. like it, it just didn't happen. And like hindsight, twenty twenty, you know, I, I could have came home and he would have went home, could have went home, and then we could have sat down and done the Skype thing or any other method late at night or something. But it just, I don't know, it just time went by and kept going by, and it like after two or three months went by we kept saying oh we got to start man this sucks like we're this this is terrible we got we gotta we gotta do this and we just we wouldn't for some reason we're like we were drawing blanks like what are we going to talk about and like it just went in through like we went through this vicious cycle of like not knowing what to what to talk about for the next episode and being too busy and another day goes by another day next thing we know it's like okay what the hell you know like it's been so long now, is it even worth doing it anymore? You know, because you lo you lose your audience, right? Right, and the longer and it the goes, the more pressure you feel to have a really great topic to yeah. come back. I'm oh yeah, that, so that yeah, it just gets back. overwhelming. Yeah, that too, that too, that too. But I mean, honestly, like, how much time do you guys spend? Like, it, you know, at least one of you, uh, and I'm sure no. Don't take offense to this, but lately you guys are obviously running out of ideas. I don't blame you. Yeah, I like mean, that's three years ago. Yeah, that's, I ran out. Of <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, three hundred forty-nine. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. But um, you know, when in the beginning, when you were fresh, like how much time, if you were talking something technical, you got you guys think you would spend on a on the average show? I mean, like I would I say, I don't. It kind of depended on the topic. If it was like something that like Andy and Steve just did like a battery episode where they tested batteries out and had a spreadsheet going. That obviously took, oh, that took forever. Weeks yeah, that's you know, to get 
to get prepared. Yeah, that's like you're, days of research. I mean, right, honestly, though, for, I mean, even even if it's an hour or two hours, that's an hour or two hours more added to an already like a three hour recording and sometimes yeah. eight hours editing, and then a lot yeah. of work, a lot of work just on and off behind the scenes, like Steve setting up guests down the road and and adding to the website and adding to Facebook and all that. I'm, yeah, even doing something as simple as like a review that I just did last episode. It, it's not very technical or anything, but you still have to write it all out and it put your thoughts all, all together and kind of edit it so you don't sound like a complete moron. So it takes a yeah. few hours even for something as simple as that. Yeah. I mean, you have to jolt down your bullet list and mm-hmm. kind of organize your thoughts, like you said. And, you know, I mean, you could easily spend couple hours yeah. doing that, an hour to two hours. Easy, easy. And then the three hours, like like you said, Kevin, to record, and then whatever it takes to edit, another three or four. So next thing you know, you got 10 man hours for one person into one episode, right? And Weekly. Like, <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, and that's weekly. So that's a huge commitment. And then everybody has to be on the same page in terms of scheduling and stuff like that. And to do that, yeah. You know, 50 plus times a year. That's insane. It's insane. So I commend you guys. That's that's awesome. And, uh, you know, I I mean, I still I, I do kind of miss doing the podcast that Kyle and I were doing. We had a blast doing it. It, it was a lot of fun. I mean, when we brought Tarek to the episode, that was like hilarious. Yeah, like that great. dude was. Yeah, <laughs> we, we had so. We had so much fun, the man. One, so we kind I got, I kind of missed that, but um, the episode you but, did with Luca from Oxy that was a fun one. Yeah, at Urcha, right? No, yeah. I think you had it. Didn't you have him? Uh, maybe it was Urcha. I thought you had maybe. him on through Skype or something. I think anyway, we did. I remember I we, just him yeah. going. You, you know how Luca is. Once you wind him up, he just goes and goes and goes. But I remember oh, yeah. it being fun. And we had a lot of fun doing it with you guys until some somebody yeah screwed Steve, up something. It's your fault. <laughs> no, yeah, even I think the, it was my yeah. fault. Or even the show no. where it was you and Kyle just shooting the shit, man. I really enjoyed those. Yeah, I, I, those were some of my favorites, actually. Where oh, yeah. just, you oh. didn't have a topic. You were just telling <laughs> stories from back in the day. Or, yes, and that that's was what way I was going to say. before my time. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say that. Just you and Kyle with all the experience and all the events you talking guys went to. Talk about trips overseas. Just talk about a trip stuff. a year, like, you know, and yeah. an episode. It would have been, just that alone would have been great to hear. You yeah. know, people eat that stuff up. For sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. The banter was always great, and it made my workday go by faster, so. Oh, we love the banter. So cool. Like, and I, we had this thing after, like, episode number 20-something where, like, you know, I'd be sitting on, on this side of the table with the mixing board ready. And then, you know, we're talking like, OK, where you start or like who's, you know, you know, kind of final thoughts before we hit the record button. And then right like right before, like he he thinks that we're going live, like, you know, hitting the record button like I hit it and he doesn't know. He's like he will he will go like, fuck, why the fuck are we doing or like he would say something like funny. Right. And then. And, and right. then I play the 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 intro thing, and he's like, and then when he didn't know, and then when when he listened to it, like you know, a week later, he's like, "Why, dude? What the <laughs> fuck? You should have cut that off." Yeah, now we I had we had so much fun, man. We had so much fun. It was cool, but you know, and I do miss it. I do. I mean, if I could do it again, you know, now circumstances are a little different. Kyle's really busy with other stuff, and it's just hard to kind of get together. But uh, 
but if I could do it and, you know, and I think you also have to have that you, as you guys, I mean, you guys know, you guys do it together. You have to have that, that chemistry, right. Mm -hmm. Um, among yourselves too, because, and you have to kind of be, uh, relatively in, and I would say like, you have to be in, in communication almost like always. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't know, if you don't know what the other person is up to or what they've been up to or what they've been doing, there's, it loses some of that, some of that essence of like, some of that, like that ingredient, man, it's like that, you know, that little, how would I call it that? I don't know. That thing shows, you know, like that it's just that chemistry that, that, that people have together when they do the show together. And, it, and if it, you know, if I don't see Kyle, but once every three weeks when we record, then I think that, kind of goes away a little bit right? right or if we don't talk periodically or you know what i mean like mm -hmm. yeah it it's it's hard it, doing podcasts is hard people think it's easy but it's not it's very hard so i mean historically look at all the rc helicopter podcasts they've always been relatively relatively speaking short-lived i mean dan reed himself is on the it's on the third iteration of his podcast, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, for whatever yeah. reason, either the guys can't get together, or there's scheduling conflicts, or like there's perhaps a disagreement on a topic, or or family gets in the way of one of the guys, or you know, a new job, or you know, mm -hmm. anything like that. And then next thing you know, it's like okay, like we're kind of screwed. And then you you know, it, it ends, right? And then it resets. And co I commend Dan too for keep trying right so v2 and now v3 that's awesome but i think you guys take the i mean you guys are the kings i mean 349 i mean please jesus christ nobody nobody will ever touch that i don't think that's a I lot that's a I lot would, i would never say never yeah, yeah. but thanks yeah um, i appreciate it <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, real kind of words wow yeah thank you <laughs> thanks dad i i i really uh gotta commend dan for for at least you know, staying with it. You can't let it get bigger than your expectations either. You know, like I don't know if that's what happened with Dan, but I know it got to a point where Dan was getting better health wise and he was like, you know, listen, I'm I want to go out and enjoy life. I mean yeah. right. And well, do that was happening. Podcast. I mean you want Nick, to pursue other stuff, other hobbies. I think all the guys kind of were dropping none. out of the hobby. Like they were kind of you know Justin. Yeah, but even Justin, you even know, Justin he was, was doing some stuff, other things. But that was about it though. Like he wasn't really flying. Just maintaining mitzvah, whatever that thing is, you know. Yeah, Justin got into rock climbing, right? I thought. Yeah, Justin and Nick, yeah. Nick super heavy net rock climbing. Yeah, Nick. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jesse, you know, uh, I heard Nick does. Uh, what does he do? Uh, Dungeons and Dragons now. <laughs> That's uh, does he? He spends a lot of time with you. <laughs> I haven't heard from him in a while, but um, and I know Jesse was busy starting uh, finishing family. college and starting the family. Yeah, yeah so many kids. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody yeah. said he has yeah. a whole house full of kids now. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> needs to tell him what causes yeah. that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's hard if you think about it. Like uh the th thinking for us, it was always like you you made a comment about like sharing stories and stuff. And yeah, that's cool, but we were always thinking like, okay, so what are we really talking like what's the topic? And maybe we over maybe we were overthinking, right? Which I, I think we were. I think we gave it we over we were overthinking too much. Should have let it roll more, right? Yeah. Let it just flow. Yeah. But um I always kind of wanted a main topic, a main subject. 
And that was hard to find. That was really hard to find. I struggled with that a lot. So, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe one day I get motivated and like start something different. Maybe Kyle will join again or somebody else. Who knows? We'll see. You got to get someone else's name. K. Kevin, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a on. dozen Kevins. You probably wouldn't be too hard right. to find one of them. Yeah. yeah. yeah this one's I mean, Kevins are almost like year. Mike's. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Um, let's see. What else? So so now that you don't do a podcast, uh, you know, how's everything else though? Like what's kind of like life after the podcast? But don't know what that's like yet. Life after the podcast. Yeah, so um a lot of a lot of people asking you, uh, when is the next episode? When is the next episode <laughs> for like for like for like a year and then they give up on you and they think you're a loser and they don't ask you anymore. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we'll head that off because we said we're quitting. Don't right. ask us any more questions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I was very surprised when I, cause I heard, I, I listened to that episode cause I think you reached out to me, Steve. And like, mm-hmm. you said, I thought you heard and I had just listened to that episode and I was very surprised when you guys announced that it was, it was kind of a shocker. Um, but you know, it, and it, it sucks of course, but you know, it, I, f- I feel like you guys are doing what you have to do because again, what's realistic, right. In terms of how much longer can you really keep doing this every week? Right. You know, yeah. and you guys might, you guys might end it at the end of the year and, you know, literally two or a couple months, a few weeks, months go by and you guys are really like, uh, no, we got to do it again, you know. Hey, Colin, Steve, maybe you, so what do you what have you been up to? Maybe <laughs> we record this, Kevin. Yeah. You doing anything? Yeah, I'm bored. Yeah, let's talk. Let's just record whatever we talk maybe about. We'll, maybe we'll just do it like once a month, but we'll do uh, something. Yeah. yeah, you ne- you never know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Yep, never say never. Yeah, I think the I think once a month is actually not even that bad. I think the weekly thing is really really difficult, right? Um, I think if you have a decent show with some good content and good stuff, once a month is fine, but you still have to plan. So now, like you said earlier, Andy, like if you, you know, the longer time passes, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. So now you feel like you need like more information or more content or longer duration or whatever, whatever that may be. And that still takes um, time every week, even if you're only going to record once a month, you can't yeah. just wait for like the two days before to get ready for it. Right. So, and, yeah. And I worry yeah. in some ways it's going to sound weird, but I feel like doing it every week is easier in some ways to be consistent because I'm afraid if you try to do it once a month, you got to pick yeah, a day and you got to plan that far ahead and then, oh, I can't do it. So you reschedule and then it, it just seemed like it might be aggravating yeah. to get it all scheduled where right now it's just every Tuesday. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. So, but, but at the same time, there's been, depending on what I'm doing with work and stuff, there's Tuesdays. I'm like, oh man, I, damn it. I got to go do the thing. You know, yeah. that, that's, but that's. 10% of the time, 9% of the time, it's a blast. But that 10% becomes a burden at certain times yeah, of the and, year. 
and that could be more frequent when you when you're doing it once that could be more that's the word more I the guess. case when you yeah when you do it once a month i agree with that i agree with that that and i think with the the once a month thing is like when it gets into like you know say something that's like time sensitive like something yeah. being announced and it gets mentioned <laughs> and whenever the episode's released it's like oh wait that happened like two or three weeks ago Right. Yeah, listen to Telerotor. I mean, somebody talk about <laughs> well, it like we, happened three months if ago. If we did, we would still record and then release it in two days later. We, I wouldn't do True. the Telerotor. Let's record today and a release it later. three weeks from now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I like to do it face to face with Kyle. And um, that is and the best I, way. And we, and, I, and we were both clear on the fact that if we screwed up, um, you know, I found myself going like, for example, like repeating the same word or being stupid or like hesitating too much, kind of like I'm doing now. And, and I was like, if I'm doing that, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm just, I'm, it stays. That's it. That's our, that's, that's our time. If we're doing an hour episode, that's, we're going to talk for an hour and if we blow something up, we blow it up. And that's how it's just, I, yeah. that's it. Just do There's the best no you can and let it be yeah. what it is. Yeah. I, I think there was one one episode out of 59 that something happened with Kyle's mic. And we lost a bunch of uh, recording uh, on that one episode. And I think we went back and kind of re-record it like 15 minutes of that particular topic we were talking mm -hmm. about so i can edit that back into it and release it but other than that one time every single episode i hit record i hit stop i export i don't even listen to it i just check the audio levels make sure levels are good put the intro put the outro and off it goes and i had it ready literally before kyle would screw up with his phone or check emails on his phone or Facebook, whatever, right across the table for me. And right as those five minutes went by, I already had that exported and it was on its way up to upload. I mean, mm -hmm. that's how I did it because I wanted as fresh as it could be. And as, as, but you know, it, ours were simple too, right? I mean, face to face, two people, rarely we ever had, um, issues with like the audio. Cause you know, it's, it's local audio. I mean, right. nothing's relying That's on the, the best, internet. Easiest way to do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so there were never issues where you had to like edit a lot or fix a lot of stuff. So it was, it was fairly simple and I, I liked it that way. But one thing that also I think kept us from, uh, continuing was also the fact that it was just me and him. Right. I think that having more people as hosts, also helps you uh, with the content. It helps you with uh, the dynamic of the, the the episode. It helps you with yeah, um, I agree. You, you know, bounce off ideas. It gives you more content. Content um, uh, in and of itself to have more than two people, right? I mean, you you guys are four. Little Kevin and 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 Gucci are doing what? They're four now too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sometimes they have nine, but sometimes they have fourteen, but but generally four, four to seven, um, uh, you know, Dan, Dan brought a, a, uh, you know, a, a fourth person as well. Right. Fifth. Uh, a yeah, fifth. So yeah. Sorry. Now. Sorry. My right, bad. Right. Yeah. 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 I forgot. Cause he brought, um, uh, Devin and, and now he brought Scott. So there are five of them. So 
even though I think having too many could be counterproductive uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, especially when it comes to staying on track and not wasting too much time and not boring the audience. I think on the other hand, it can help. Um, it can help with a lot of stuff too. So it's kind of for Kyle and I, it was kind of difficult because it was just me and him. So it was hard to have that third or fourth person to bounce off ideas Mm or, you know, it's easier to have somebody to say, well, why don't we talk about this? And then you start this sort of, you know, like, no, that, you know, really like, and that, you know, it, it just, it creates an incentive to like, it, it, I don't know. It's just another, it's hard with two. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I think three to four is kind of the, the best five is starting to get too many in my opinion. Just, it's hard to not talk over one another and stuff. But and one person yep. starts to talk less than the others just because there's less opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I see yeah, what you're saying with, with having the two people, how there's there's more pressure on each person. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. That's one side of it. The other side, I remember Steve and I doing a lot of shows, mm-hmm. just me and him. And there were times when I, I enjoyed it because the pacing was a little bit slower. And, you know, he would say his part. I could jump in with what I wanted to say. And back and forth you know like it was it was a kind of an easier conversation to have than to have one with with four or five people you know yeah Mm -hmm. i think having two people is the best for for um the the actual recording aspect of the show right like once 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 you're once you're prepared and you hit that record button two people is the best but for anything and everything that happens before or after Two people is tough, man. Mm-hmm. Like, especially for the before part, for like coming up with the show ideas and what to discuss and what to bounce off of each other and stuff like that. Two is just not enough. Not enough. Yeah. Unless unless you spend a lot of time doing a lot of research or a lot of reading or or talking to other people who give you ideas or what you know, whatever that may be. So yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I kind of miss it, but uh, it is what it is. Maybe one day. Who knows? There's so many podcasts out there right now anyway. No need for more. <laughs> There's always There's like, room well, for one more. Yep. So who's active these days? Um, other than you guys and Telerotor and uh, what's uh, Helihead? Well, of course, Heliheads. And what's uh, what's the podcast that uh, – what is it? that Javier, yes, yeah, Javier, up. Frank, yes, kids up. up, yeah, that's it. Yep, they're still around too. Yep, yep. And, and then not. <laughs> and yeah, RCHN, so he's still around. Yeah, and inverted down under. Um, oh, Maxim Collective, their new one. Yeah, from the yeah, West yeah. Coast. yeah. I think yeah. Um, um, Richard Spiegel, Houdini, he still does some here and there, he not here. very consistent. Yeah, kids up is not bet. very consistent. But no, they're not consistent. I was on one of their shows. Yeah, I was on one of their shows. It took like two and a half months to release it. But <laughs> right, yeah, no, I, I'm just kidding. It wasn't that long. But yeah, it took a while. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it. I don't know. It's it's fascinating though because I think a lot of people dig it. A lot of people listen. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I know a lot of people that listen to you guys and listen to uh, Heads and and now listening to RCHN. So that's like three podcasts they listen to and that that's a, that's a lot of listening you know yeah you have yeah. to have a lot a lot of time to listen that, to to that many podcasts cuz i i don't commute so i don't i don't have that much time you know a fan yeah yeah cool 
Um, mm-hmm. so let's kind of talk about some other stuff here. I want to, I want to hear like, what's your favorite heli of all times? Like, you know, if it didn't matter what year or whatever, what the latest, what your sponsorships are or anything like that, you know, do you, have you just a have one helicopter? Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Um, you mean like in my time flying helicopters, what was my favorite at that time? Or yeah, yeah, we could say that. Do you have any? You have uh, like just fond memories of? Yeah. Maybe oh, it wasn't yeah. the greatest like, heli, but your time in the hobby made that like your favorite thing. Yeah, Absolutely. So there's there's a lot of them. So my first favorite helicopter was a Logo Ten, and that was probably, and I was running off of Nikats or nickel nickel metal batteries. Oh, I think I don't. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that was in 2003, probably. And that's 2002 or three. And that was the first helicopter that that I was able to do, quote, unquote, 3D with. And my 3D at the time was like maybe a sloppy TikTok, um, you know, rolls, backflips, forward flips, yeah. inverted hover, you know, loops and, you know, stuff like that. So that that was a very special helicopter. Um, one of my favorites simply because I think it's not that it was the helicopters. It, it's not like I learned those maneuvers because the helicopter was special. Not to say it was a bad helicopter, but it just so happened to be the helicopter I learned those maneuvers with. So I was starting to become more proficient slowly. So it was like perfect timing. And that's what I enjoy flying. It was a dog compared to today's standards, right? It was, I mean... If I mean I I still have that thing sitting in the backyard on a shit and inside one of my shits and it's like it's yeah it's good old memory so was that that, that like was a, my a, what size is was that like a five hundred or a logo ten had five ah uh, you got me now hold on four twenty five uh-huh. five hundred five hundred millimeter blades okay. yeah five hundred okay. millimeter blades yeah right it had the same blades that like uh. Like a traditional 30 size nitro would run. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Then uh, fast forward, I don't think there was anything really that stood out as like super special until you get take me over to 2008 when Align released um, the T Rex 700 nitro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was good times. That was still, uh, still heralded as maybe the best nitro ever built. I still I I do I do. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean a lot of thing, people com- say that. That's, that's yeah. Fantastic. Compared to compared to anything today, it looks ugly. It looks weird. Uh, the 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 main shaft is is as tall as uh, who knows what. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but 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 uh, but man, that was you know I I was I was flying for a line at the time. I was factory pilot and. Uh, I remember going down there to the factory and like testing that thing. And it was like, I was so like, I love that thing. It was so awesome. And, uh, that came after a break from nitro because I was flying for miniature aircraft, um, up until 2007. And in 2007, I wanted to fly for a line and I was friends with Jason Krause and, uh, a line only had a 600 nitro. And I like nitro. I mean, back in those days, nitro was nitro was nitro. I mean, that's what you flew, right? And uh, and I I was hesitant to go to a line because they only had a six hundred. They didn't have a seven hundred. And Jason Krause told me, dude, if you join the team, I assure you, in one in one year, 
we're going to have a 700. And, uh, and he did, and he did, he did, you know, he designed that 700. It was released around June or July of 2008. And that was a super favorite of mine. And then fast forward to, uh, October of 2011. My favorite is the good old trusty. I wouldn't call it trusty anymore, but the good old original first of a kind goblin, the original goblin 700. Um, that was, uh, yeah, that was my favorite. Cause like I had just left a line. I was, I was working for readyheli.com at the time and I made a trip to Switzerland and I met the SAB guys and it was like my first impression when I saw that thing, it was like, that's hideous. That's yeah, the most horrible. Right? <laughs> yeah. The freaking boom is more intended to be a megaphone that, yeah. that, than, uh, than a boom. And, uh, and Tarek Al Sadi was flying one. And then Enrico was like, do you want to try it? And I'm like, sure, I'll try it. So I tried it and I was like, immediately sold. Like it was so smooth, so cool. Like the visuals, it was so, yeah, so easy to see, so locked in, so freaking awesome. And, uh, and, Soon after that, I joined the SAB team, and then the helicopter was released, I think, in March or April of 2012, six months later. And that, that thing was, like, hands down my favorite um, at during that entire period of whatever that lasted until they released the next version, which would have been the 700 competition was the next version they released. Yeah. And then fast forward a few more years, and honestly, my all-time favorite of within the last, I would say, seven, eight years has been the Raw 700. Nice. Raw 700. I liked the Kraken when the Kraken came out. I, I liked uh, the different style compared to the original Goblin. I liked all the improvements and then closed gearbox, and I really loved that heli, but it wasn't a significant change for me to make me kind of fall in love and say this is my favorite until i built the raw and flew the raw i was like okay i didn't think i could ever go back to pot and boom because i'm so used to this goblin style and the big boom but it i clicked with it right away and it was like this is it again so yeah so it it's changed four five six times in 20 years but um and I, and I don't think it has to do with the helicopter. I think it has to do with the period of time, right? right? Yeah, I think it has I, to that's do why with, I ask because, yeah. yeah, it has a lot to do with where you are in the hobby, what's happening, what's new, or what you it's get available. the most yeah. light time on. I mean, what events like, you went to, yeah, what yeah. events you went to that year, what people you, you know, memories, who you hung out based, with. Memories. The, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah, and as far as sponsors, Steve, I have no sponsors. I'm sponsored by BK. No, I'm I'm still with SAB. Yeah. Um, I'm on the factory team, and uh, I'm on uh, Hobby Wing, and I just joined uh, the Maniacs team recently. Yes, and uh, I'm on the Xnova. Yeah, and I'm on the Xnova team. I've been for a long time now, and uh, I hope I'm not forgetting anything. I think that's about it. I've been trying like ever since I started like. You know, doing the getting more involved in the hobby business, I really kind of slow down with like my expectations in terms of like, because I also, I don't, I'm not as active as I used to be simply because I do this every day. 
So I don't go to as many events and I, you know, when I say active, you know, I was at some point or another, I was going to 40 events a year. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm lucky to go to three or four now. Right. Mm -hmm. So I can't, I can't expect, you know, much out of anybody or anything in terms of sponsoring me for anything. I'm just, if anything, happy that, you know, they, they're willing to put me on their team and, you know, and it's get again brands that I on your bird. Yeah, Bird's an old man, dude. But so much history. Bird's an old He's the OG. Bird's an old man. Yeah. OG. Representing for the old guys, man. Showing us he can still do it. He's the OG. I am, man. Just can't see what he's doing, but he still throws out. I'm going to be 52 this coming year, so I'm 51. I'm old. Mm hmm. Dude, and I'm having like you're 17, man. Thank you, but Killing but I do know, but I do notice the difference though compared to how I was like flying, even up until like even literally even up until like five, six, seven years ago. Like I noticed the difference myself. Like I, I can throw down and I can put on a flight, but I, I don't have the repertoire of maneuvers that I used to have. Not because I cannot do them, but because I am. Well, that, but also because I am not as comfortable um, doing them hard and fast and precise like I used to, right? So now I stick to more basic type of flying. My depth perception is not quite the same, and my vision is not quite the same, and I feel like my reflexes are not quite – I'm not as in tune. I always felt like I was ahead of the helicopter. Now I feel like I'm kind of like right there, you know, borderline. Sometimes I'm right on it. Sometimes I'm a little behind. Sometimes a little ahead. Whereas back in the day, I was I always felt ahead of it. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, this is you know, and I could think like I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that and then okay, I'm shooting my auto boom land. Now it's like it, my my mind is like I don't know. My brain is just I don't know. Oh, this is cool, like an idiot just <laughs> doing the same what freaking am I doing? like yeah, lock it into like. And I'm not saying I'm fine back <laughs> flying, but you know I I mean I'll do a nice tight pirou flip, you know eye level, and I'll just find myself like doing this stupid pirou flip for like I don't know two minutes. <laughs> I'll I'll do a pirou flipping loop and a circling loop uh, pirou flip and this and that. And I'm like. Uh, okay, bird, break it up. Uh, just do something else, you know. I don't know. It, it's different, man. Getting it. I know I'm not old because the old timers, the real old people, yeah. are gonna tell tell me that I'm stupid for calling myself old. But certainly, the reflexes do change yeah. um, with the years, and and the vision is a big thing. I feel like vision is a big part of it, right? Yeah. But do you so. think it's more like, okay, yes, you're, you 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 are aging, right? We all age. My eyesight, that definitely, you know, I'm wearing glasses I never used to before. Uh, but do you think that like it's because you're not flying like you used to, right? You used to fly, you used to go to a lot of events, forty events. I mean, how many yeah, fly that, events, right? No, like, no, I agree, dude. That uh, of course, of course, that's a huge. That plays a huge role. Like, I, I mean, down, yeah. yeah, I mean, when I was you know active flying SAB, which uh, you know basically Kyle came in and replaced me. I was doing everything that Kyle's, Kyle was doing, plus some up until. Uh, the spring of 2015. So, I mean, in 2014, I did so many events, like everywhere, like overseas, like Shanghai, Beijing, like I went to Vietnam, I went to like the UK, Moscow, like all these places, Brazil, like I was going everywhere. And and I was doing US events. So I was like, 
traveling, coming home, and I would just go fly. Like I fly mm-hmm. on a Tuesday, I fly on a Wednesday, and then I pack my bags. Thursday, I'm gone. So obviously, stick time. But since 15, since that happened, and Kyle kind of took over, and I just felt like, okay, okay, a weight's been lifted off my back. Like now I can do it more for fun. Um, it, it's hard to do it for fun when you don't have a core group of people around you to do it with, right? So, and our club, our unfortunately, torches has gone through like a huge like it, it, transformation in the last I don't know seven to ten years. We're like we're maybe maybe five to seven years where you know we at some point we had a hundred members. Now we probably have like twenty five. Maybe only five out of the 25 are active members. So when you go there on a weekend, you're lucky to find somebody else or a couple people. So the only person I fly with locally is Manny, Manny Nito. That's it. And, you know, so if you don't have that, you know, if you don't, if you're not going to events or having to go to events per se, right. And you don't have a core group of friends that are motivated to fly that drag your ass to take you out to the field. So you, cause you look, cause I would go and I would, I would fly a lot because it's not just even about the flying. It's about going to hang with them. Right. But you go hang with them and then you fly and then you fly and you hang and you fly and you hang. Next thing you know, you're putting more stick time. So indeed, uh, the lack of stick time is contributing factor, Steve, no question about it for sure. Um, but it's hard to like, it's like I told you I went flew in the backyard. It's hard to find that motivation to go and fly by myself, right? It, it's, it, I mean, who wants to fly by themselves, right? I mean, nobody. Like well, maybe in the beginning, I don't mind sometimes, <laughs> right? Yeah, but I mean, but it's not something that you want to do all the time. I mean, yeah. it just kind of gets old. I've always said the hobby is the hobby, not only because it's cool and because helis are awesome or whatever, but also because of the people, right? <laughs> so when the people factor is not there, then eh. you're just not as motivated so so yeah stick time plays a role for sure you got you got to fly a lot to not only to improve yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah so i know you talked about you don't do that many events now um you say you do about three years so and um you know I kind of want to like, I guess, share like, what are those events that you do go to, and, and out of those events, which are your favorite, or your most memorable? Well, well, I mean, this year I think I did more than three. Let me think. Um, I went to Frank's event down in Miami, Amps. Amps. Um, fling, that was right? fun. I went to Spring Fling. I went to Urcha. I went to um, Heli X. So I've done four. I've done okay. four, and I'm gonna go to Phoenix is five, five and, and I'm gonna go to uh, yeah, of course, because that's my backyard. So six. So yeah, I mean, it, you know, I think last year probably I did. Last year I did the least amount of events because I was focusing on this other business, firearms. But so the hobby business, from my perspective, suffered time-wise because you know we were doing a lot of gun shows and that takes yeah. place on the weekend so that took away from going to events 2020 was the COVID year so obviously there were like practically no events 2019 i probably did like 10 so and this year i'm about to do six so yeah i mean uh, next year i like to do more but favorite events man i mean hands down uh, you know i i can't say much because i haven't been to I'm not going to a lot of events anymore, like in the U.S., to where I can say, like, I've been to, you know, all these 
freaking 35 events and like hands down this is my favorite but out of the ones i go to of course spring fling i mean who doesn't love spring fling right i mean the facilities the people like everything like the the camaraderie the night flying you can always certainly watch a crash at night um i mean it's just a lot of fun spring fling is awesome um but i'd have to go to more events to tell you like what my thoughts are on the others but I've been wanting to go to Cincinnati SmackDown for a long time. Never happened. Always had some going on. Um, I don't know. It's always, you know, and I always think like it's, I'm so far away from everything, right? You guys are, well, you're, you're screwed Kevin too, but, um, (laughs) but, 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 you know, Steve, you're pretty close to a lot of action, right? I mean, you middle. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it's always been like that. I remember way back in the, early mid 2000s though you know if you lived anywhere in the in the mid-atlantic you you know you were exposed to a lot of events within like uh i would say like within a, 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 a six to eight hour drive you could reach like you could go to like at least eight or ten events every year it's crazy i probably I do mean, eight to ten events that are about five hours or six hours or less drive there you go there you go see i don't have that at all yeah. and way back in the day we had in Florida, in Florida alone, we had like 10 events. Not kidding. Florida had a lot of events. Florida had an awesome event in Jacksonville in September. It had an event in Mulberry, which is like kind of like west of Orlando in November. It had the Orlando helicopter blowout in December. In February, it had an event in Daytona Beach that was organized by Ralph Deluzio um, that passed away. And then it had um, an event in Port St. Lucie, Kevin, organized by Todd McLaughlin. I can't pronounce his last name. McLaughlin. I don't know if you ever met Todd. Um, Courtney Pruitt used to do that event with him, I think. And that was in like April or May. And then there was one in Palm Beach in like July or June. Like there were like maybe not 10, but like seven or eight events. There was one in Port Charlotte on the southwest part of Florida in May. So, yeah, there were a lot of events in Florida. Gator used to do an event. You know, Mike Gator, Gator used to do an event in the Tampa area. Um, Nob, Nuraki, you know, the F3C guy used to do an event also near Tampa a different time of the year. Yeah, there were a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, I think it might. Yeah, I think it might. There, They were, I mean, Florida had a lot of events, a lot of events, and not anymore. So so it's hard. You know, we have to drive quite a ways to go anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. So. I'm not, I'm not, uh, RCHL. Well, I actually do want to go, but, um, that one, I'm going to play it by ear and wait and see what the weather is doing. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a a fun place guys. Yeah. yeah, Always a good time there. But you're talking about RCHL like next year or you're talking about this, the, 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 what, what what are they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Fall pole in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, if one. you could make it in two weeks, that'd be great. But obviously, like, you know, that's the one that I'm waiting to see what the weather looks like. Yeah. Because yeah. I be, think be a little chilly for you. I don't know. Isn't that, mm-hmm. When's the date for that, Steve? I thought that was the same weekend as the Phoenix thing. No. No, it's a weekend. Oh, right. November 4th through 6th. Oh, okay. It's a weekend okay. before. Okay. So, yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix yeah, yeah. is the weekend after. Okay. Yeah. I would actually, I would drive. That's not too horrible of a drive for me. I would drive there. But if I see the weather is less than 85 degrees, I'm not going to go. Oh, shit. You're one of those. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If you're going to go, you may as well pack some socks for those sandals. 
<laughs> yeah, it's probably. What do you think, Kevin? Hey, so when no, is, I'm is, is the fourth next weekend? Yeah. Okay. November fourth. Oh, wait a minute. Fourth is, yeah. Yeah, next weekend. Yeah, this weekend is Halloween, so the weekend after. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But um, but no, I'm kidding. I I mean, I would do it if it's in the '60s. I don't care. But you know. Like, listen, I've flown in much colder than that. But here's the thing. To me, a 50 degree day, sunny with no wind is better than a 60 degree day, cloudy and windy. Oh, yeah. Let me put it that way. So any day. Yeah. Yeah. So it really depends on the forecast. If it looks good, I'll I'll make the drive. Definitely not coming to the chill out in February. It's going to be 30 and windy and cloudy. So that's definitely out, right? It's so weird you now know. when I see these people <laughs> at these fun flies and they're all bundled up. Like I and I just came down from Jersey what two years ago. Or oh, less, it changes quick, man. It's so funny now because when I look at those pictures of them all bundled up this time of year and I'm still in shorts down here, I'm like, what planet are they on? Like they seem like <laughs> yeah. they're on another freaking planet. Yeah. That's like a Floridian thing, man. That's a Flor. I don't. I don't do that. I don't do that. Well, I don't. I don't bundle up. I don't bundle up. I don't get cold easily. I just don't enjoy yeah. being out there if it's like forty or fifty. I just, it's just don't. so far. I don't know. I can't see I, these heavy jackets. Before I'd be fine, it'd be like fifty degrees. I'll just wear a hoodie. I'll be fine. Now I'm like, geez, that's fucking cold down here. Why am I so cold? I don't know. I can't. I can't <laughs> yeah. handle the cold as much as I used to. But chill yeah. out, twenty twenty one. I mean, it got cold pussies. enough that I was like standing mm-hmm. in the fire. Yeah, but looking yeah. at the weather for this. Uh, you know, the pole might might be good. You might have some good weather, you know. Oh, really? Nice. You're going to go, 74, Steve? 74, Oh, that would be perfect. That yeah. would be awesome. I, yeah. I, I can't, actually. I have, a, I have a prior engagement. I have to go on the 5th, so I can't, like, yeah, I thought about just going I don't Friday, think I but. can go either because I got yeah. to get all my harvesting done so I can go to Phoenix. Yeah. Done. <laughs> the combine, the combine. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. got to get her done. I live in Missouri, so that's an obvious. Yeah. I mean, you made yeah. it out there before, so you can't use that as an excuse. <laughs> uh, I'll probably try for the chill out. That's a cool Dude, when I, was da- when I was dating my wife, when I was dating Susie, she lived in Missouri, and I used to drive to Missouri like in one day. Like I would From leave. Florida? Oh, yeah. Okay. I would leave. A, I would Damn. leave. A, I would leave at five in the morning and just drive and get there at 11 o'clock at night. I would spend three or four days, hang with her, and then drive back home. Yep, no problem. Wow. And I would do that like every three weeks, every two to three weeks. Yep, yep. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was from like uh, the, the Joplin, Springfield area, wasn't she? And she was at the time. She was living in uh, Ozark, which is yeah, right in yeah. right southeast of Springfield. Yeah. Young so, love uh, will make you do a lot of dumb things. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. And I'm glad she moved down to Florida because that would have sucked. And uh, all I remember is like like the the ice storms. I do remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell you what, yeah, you guys- I mean, it's, it's still a relief from living up in North Iowa where it's like by the time October hits, I mean, we're already shoveling snow up there and you don't see grass from like October until May. Like down here, the ice storms suck, but at least you know by February it's starting to kind of clear out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Don't tell us no. 
but it, it could get pretty it could get pretty hot there too you can get pretty hot in, in in missouri for sure in the summer like august august is horrible there at least i remember in the southern part like springfield area it could be like nine like just as bad as florida if not worse yeah oh yeah it gets sultry yeah. as fuck over here yeah yeah it gets muggy yeah all right um I got one last question I, I kind of want to ask you, and then I think that's all I have written down. But, uh, you know, you're, you're a man of the of the industry. You've been in hobby. You've been in the helicopter industry for a long time. You've been in the hobby for even a longer time. And, you know, obviously you're in the business. You, you know, you own a hobby shop. You run brands and stuff and teams. Um, what do you think? What do you think our hobby is going to be going in the next five years? Like, what do you wow. think the next advancement is going to be, you think? You know, because you've seen the last 20, 30 years, so you've kind of be a timeline of it in your, in your you put me on this you put me on the spot with that question you put me <laughs> on the spot seriously with that question because you know what um ironically i i've i've been trying to wrap my head around what's next right for for a while now yeah and i just can't find that next thing just can't i can't you know i you know it's it's funny though because i mean I remember like when I had that logo 10 I was talking about, I remember very clearly thinking these batteries suck. And it's like, I, you know, I, somebody's got to design something that is better than this. And there it goes. Right. I remember not more than a year later, they were already talking about lipos at that time, but they, they were very expensive and, and they weren't that great. But sure enough, probably about two years later, I could buy those lipos at my local hobby shop, um, you know, and they were they were terrible lipos at that time, right? They were uh, yeah. tiny little cells, so to make up a pack, you needed a bunch of cells in, in parallel and then in series. So you had like a whatever 10s 4p or you know whatever that was, yeah. yeah. Um, and there were five or seven or 10c, but you know I could see like okay maybe somebody's gonna do this or somebody's gonna do that. I just I haven't really thought of I I can't think of anything that's revolutionary that is feasible, right? That feasible in the sense that there's you know, so nitro, right? Nitro could improve in a lot of different ways, but I just don't think financially the market is there for anybody to be motivated enough right. to make that improvement. That's that's what I see. Um advancements in motor technology i mean motors are as, as advanced and as efficient and as powerful as they have ever been um lithium i i've always thought you know and and i don't see it coming but i've always thought that lithium has room for improvement but i don't i'm not a chem chemist so i don't know what can be done about it but i've always thought that instead of going up in seas like forget the 70 80 c bullshit pardon my french um why not instead of focusing on the stupid c rating which is by the way not accurate on any brand i don't care what brand it is why not just try to increase the density of the cell so that instead of having this brick yeah yeah so less instead of having this brick more capacity with less weight yeah so so make the same size battery instead of having five thousand milliamp hours make it 7500 milliamp hours right yeah. that would be awesome but like not, but so, way less like but or, no like right. no wait yeah way the same way the, so yeah, picture like same. Yeah. yeah 
Yeah, so picture like a Maniacs, whatever, but just, just to mention a brand, it doesn't matter what brand, but Maniacs, you know, whatever, Maniacs 12, you know, uh, 6S, uh, you know, stick back, two 6Ss, you know, he shrunk together, you know, 5,000 milliamp, 45C, well, make it 7,500 milliamp and make it look the same and weigh the same, same density, same weight. Now you Now you get more flight time. Like that's an improvement that I've always thought one day it would be coming and it has not come yet, right? Yeah. Like um, flight time in general. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. Like, yeah. like I don't care about 100C. Give me 50, 40, 40C. That's all we need. 30C. 30, yeah. Anything over anything. I mean, anything over 30 to 40, it's, it's all practically almost the same, right? If they are slow and, you know, yeah. you don't abuse them, they're all the same. So make it so that you get more capacity and the same the same form factor right so that's right. one thing i always thought about i don't i don't i don't know enough about lithium polymer technology to know if it's even possible but i'm sure that the minute it becomes possible somebody's going to try it well I, um i think there people are working on that as hard as they can with the electric vehicles and cars and stuff but i haven't heard yeah. of any real advancements yet so it it must be a, a tougher nut to crack than Probably is. It probably. I, I mean, is. I think car batteries are still using the A one two three cells too, though. So like, yeah, yeah, just putting a huge amount of those cells into mm. these huge packs. So it's not like yeah, the yeah. same type of technology we're using with, you know, the Exactly, out. exactly. Um, you know, electronics are as sophisticated as they can be. Um, you know, flavorless manufacturers. You, you know, I always thought. You know, um. You know, Mikado was the leader, and I still think Mikado leads in a lot of different ways. But a lot of others, including MSH and Icon and, and Futaba themselves and everybody else, they, they're they slowly catching up in terms of their reliability and, and the overall feel of whatever they've done to their PID control loops. I don't know that there's a whole lot of room of, uh, for improvement there. Blade technology, not a lot of room for improvement there. Um, I mean, it's tough. That's a tough one. I mean, yeah. you know... You know, you look at not just a hobby, but a technology in general. You always go through go through these cycles where you know how much discovery, how much, how much, uh, you know, how many improvements can you make, or how much how much can technology develop over a certain period? And it's always a cycle, right? And I feel like we're in that plateau of whatever the next cycle is when it comes to RC helicopters. So if there's going to be an improvement I, or something drastic or dramatic, you know, dramatic that's going to happen, I don't think it's going to happen within five years. I'm, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm really wrong and something surprises, but I don't know. That's a, that's a tough question, dude. That's uh, you know um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I've been thinking also about like, okay, maybe the future of helicopters involves direct drives, but I don't think the technology is there either. I think that, I think that there's pros and cons to it. I don't yeah. think that for what we want, I think people are going to complain and bitch that they're inefficient. Yeah, they're inefficient because you only have one gear ratio. I don't think you can blow that up from a 420 SAB to a 700. No. Not now. No, I think um, the 420 so, is about as big as you could really go practically. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a yeah. With that motor. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and yeah. And if people were content and happy, uh, on flying, say a, a five or six hundred class model at relatively low head speeds, like you're saying, Andy, you're going to fly the Puma mm -hmm. at 
you know, 1600. Okay. Maybe if you had a Puma that was that light, it would probably be a little lighter with a massive direct drive motor and you're willing to fly it at 12, 13, 1400. Maybe you can get away with that. Maybe. But I don't know if you can get the KV low enough to work on a larger size like that. I mean, it would have to be so huge. It'd be bigger than the heli. Yeah. One of those big giant pancake things. Yeah. 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 It's just difficult when you get to a certain stage it doesn't hey, scale uh, up i guess is what i'm trying to say no you'd have a 145 pole motor or something yeah, yeah. i mean it no i agree but so i mean that's kind of out of the question for now too so i don't know you you asked you asked the forty thousand dollar question that i cannot answer what do you think and i'm curious you asked the question steve what do you think is gonna happen in the next five years in terms of um big changes or advancements or what have you I don't think I don't think a lot of big changes are going to happen in our hobby. Or is that I think more things are going to be more connected. So there's going to be more telemetry, more connectivity between different products and platforms. Um, I think there's going to be maybe some improvements on the electronic side and more reliability. Maybe things are a little bit more like waterproof, something like that. You know that type of deal. But I can't see battery technology getting better right now. At least not with lithium polymer. If they move to some other tech, but. There's really nothing better than that right now. That is a type of discharge that we would want on our helis. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you're saying, the motors, you know, servos, everything is so powerful it's, now it's, and it's, so efficient. It's, yeah. Now, unless someone comes out with like a totally redesigned helicopter that doesn't use an H3 type of Bosch design or, you know, some type of totally different maybe tail mechanism system, I, I can't really see any real um, impact that in our hobby that would change like the way we look at our hobby. Yeah, I I agree with that. Let me let me throw this out there real quick. So there's not many places that we can really advance with the the helis as they are. I mean, everything's pretty damn good when you look at it. The electronics, the the reliability of the of the helis themselves are so much better than they used to be. I mean, you get several hundred flights if you don't crash it and everything works perfectly. Um, but the hobby helis in particular, it seems like the market is so low and so shrunk down that there's really no incentive to throw money into coming up with the next big thing. So how do we, and we always ask this, but how do we grow the hobby? Um, advertising or get the word out. Everybody lately has seen the the guy on YouTube that crashes the uh, a Black that Thunder. Diesel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got like what four... a dumbass that dude. <laughs> I know, but I wonder know, where the hell, well, where listen. the hell did he get the freaking helicopter with switch plates from? I'd really ask myself that. that from, yeah, who well, he says he paid five thousand bucks for it, so I guess us. he got it on eBay. Yeah. For, yeah. I got. Uh, I, I thought he was a sponsored switch pilot. <laughs> yeah, he bought, he, he bought it from. He had to have bought it from eBay. He had to have bought it. Yeah. From well, okay, so that thing has discontinued for the Thundersport. That was discontinued yeah. what three years ago? I don't know, two, three years ago. Yeah. Anyway, that thing looked brand new until it, it ate a ceiling. Oh, that thing looked beautiful. Like it yeah. looked brand new. I agree. It looked like a new build or something. But anyway, well, I, well let me sorry, throw Ann. this. No, that's fine. Let me. I was just seeing that. I got to thinking. It's a shame we like. Is there a way to get so that dude has like four point one million followers or subscribers on his YouTube channel? Yeah. If 
one tenth of a percent of those people got right. interested in the hobby, it would be a huge influx, you know, damn yeah, near correct. double the right. hobby as far as I can, I'm concerned, sure. uh, as far as active I mean, people. I, how I do we that, get, how do we get some of these YouTube guys with millions and millions of followers? How do we get them right. guys into helis that would cause more awareness per se? There's over the years, there's been, uh, celebrities gotten right. into helicopters, several, um, that I think played a role and influence like, you know, Bruce consumer Bruce behavior and got people. Yeah. Bruce Jenner was huge. Uh, Jeff Dunham, uh, was mm -hmm. big into it. Yeah. We made some custom canopies for him with Ahmed and stuff like that. Nice. Some right. of his characters and, uh, yeah, I remember him at Urcha one year. We hung out the whole weekend. He was he he was surrounded by everybody. Like he was hiding in his bus because everybody wanted his autograph. So I oh, think shit. if and you know, and he's done like he he did for a while a few videos um, promoting you know his his own show because he used to go on tour and do his show and he would do videos and he would show helicopters and say that's his hobby. I don't know how much of an influence that have. Yeah. You know, uh, people that are into motor racing uh, that know Juan Pablo Montoya, he used to be an F1 driver, won the IndyCar mm -hmm. and all that. He was into helis big time, too. Uh, there's oh, been I a lot of. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was into helis. He was good friends with Pete Goldsmith, who was the team manager for the Horizon team um, years ago. And Pete, Pete Goldsmith was the, the, the flight team manager for Horizon. And this is when. Uh, Horizon was running also their Spectrum team in the early days of Spectrum technology. And he was the, you know, the, the team for the, the aircraft guys and everybody. And he got into helis. He, he bought a few goblins from Helidrek back, back in those days and stuff. And we hung out at the, he used to live in South Florida. So we hang, when I lived down and I worked for Ready Heli, we hang out down there at this field called Markham Park down in northern part of Miami. And he was big into that. I think he did some videos with that too. But I I don't know that that's as potent as the problem with helis is the learning curve, right? Mm -hmm. So learning so you get and and the cost. But I I say the learning curve is even worse than the cost because there's a lot of people that there there are a lot of people out there that are that can't afford it, right? Because I mean, there's a lot of people that cannot, but there's also a lot of people that can. But I think I think the learning curve is a big problem because, you know, if somebody sees, you know, this dude that has, you know, four million, whatever, you know, subscribers promote a helicopter, you know, it would be hard for the, that particular person, even if it's even if if I don't know anything about helicopters and I see that, I'm like, wow, I want that thing. That's awesome. Like, where do I start? Where do right, I go? Right. What do I buy? I mean just just the knowing of what to purchase and how to build it and how to set it up and how to don't even think about flying that's yeah, right. that's even unimportant like how do you even know what to buy right so i think that's one of the reasons why it's so hard to get people into the hobby i think one of the better ways is to promote to to find a way to bring people into an event because that's that's where you can actually spend time and explain things to people. And then there has to be a way for people to get some sort of I think one thing that we've been lacking 
is like a good set of like a, a some sort of like guidance, whether it is videos or books or something that explains how this works. Because there's no guidance in any way, shape, or form. People have to join a Facebook group or a forum like Heli Freak and start asking questions and really fight their way through that initial learning curve. Yeah, you got to be determined, really, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what makes it difficult. So getting people to an event, I think it's, or getting people to the local club somehow is a good first step. Um, or finding a way to promote those clubs or those events through the 4 million subscriber guy, right? Yeah. Well, just as to we've get been, people, yeah, as, as we've been sitting here talking, I'm thinking about all these, um, YouTube people that, that do a lot of science stuff and do a lot of stuff like that. And they got millions and millions of, yeah. of subscribers. If day. one of those got into it and started off with uh, a blade with all the smart technology and crap, you know, it's easier than ever to break in as far as be successful flying around. It's cheap to crash and stuff. Of course, then you, you really, like you said, you got to push if you want to get to that next level and get into 3d and that type of stuff. But I seem like the, the actual entry point is not that hard nowadays. I just don't think yeah. most people are even aware. Like they're aware of drones and that's kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know yeah. how to, how to get that ball rolling so to yeah. speak. And it's funny yeah. because like you see videos of like, you know, Tarek flying and like the, the normal, um, what I'll call the normal, um, people will look at that video and be like, Oh, it's fake. It can't yeah, be real. That's this, true. You know, and, and no one believes any of it. And it's like, that's true. Oh, that's real. That's how these things fly. You know? Yeah. It's tough though. I mean, I did a few pieces for like different, like, uh, like TV networks. Like I did a, a three minute piece. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I did like a three minute piece with like Science Channel, part of the Discovery Networks oh, or that whatever. Was a great that, one. Yeah. 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 It was pretty dumbed down. And I think uh -huh. I just, I remember I just that looked, one. Yeah. I just looked it up on YouTube. Um, there's a bunch of posts about it, but the one that's the official one that was made by the Science Channel has 1.6 million views. But the thing is, how do you quantify? what that does right how yeah. you know yeah. what i mean like that it's that's a hard one yeah. man that's that's another like that's another forty thousand well, question. that's, that's why i'm asking how do yeah. we actually yeah. get yeah and i agree with you bringing people into the events is cool but if you're lucky you get one person taking interest if you brought in 50 people there might be one of those that could actually have them the means and have the desire and the drive to actually get going so I'm trying to figure I'm sitting here trying to figure out how we get it on a bigger scale. How do we get thousands it, of the people involved? It also hap it always happens through like friendships too, right? Like you're flying, you, you know, mm -hmm. you, a buddy of yours that shows interest and you take them. To That's usually how I think that it all always starts or it happens with somebody going to the hobby shop. Like I got into helicopters because I was into airplane. Yeah, I was flying RC airplanes like since the time I was since I was a kid. And I remember going to the local hobby shop in Orlando, Graves RC, and seeing this little piece of junk like hummingbird fixed pitch, tiny little helicopter made by Century Helicopters. And I looked at that thing, it was sitting on the counter, and I'm like, you know, it was more like a challenge, like, okay, I can fly an airplane. I was not 
great, but I was pretty good airplane pilot. I'm like, if I can fly an airplane, like I fly it, not exceptional, but I can fly well. This thing can up because everybody used to say this. These are so hard to fly. You want to stay away from them, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ah, fuck that. I can fly that thing. I'm not that stupid. So I remember buying it and taking it home, like literally because I wanted to learn to fly it. And I learned to hover that stupid thing in my garage, right? Took my cars out of the garage and I was I thought the garage is a safe place. And that's where I learned to hover. And then from there, it you know, I I learned very slowly how to forward flight. And I basically taught myself because yeah. I wasn't a member of a helicopter club and I was flying it in my airplane club. I, I belonged to a, an airplane club uh, where we used to actually, by the way, do the Orlando helicopter blowout the first few years. Um, Radio Control Association, Central Florida, big club. They have 300 members, paved runway, beautiful club. So I used to fly there. And eventually, of course, after about two months, I was like, this is too small. And I went to the next thing, which was a Nitro Shuttle 30. That was my second helicopter. And then I joined Torches. And then when I joined Torches, it was like, okay, this is really what I want to do. Because then I got to meet people that were into it already and could answer my questions and like it it just opened the doors for me and i'm like yeah i'm hooked right and then from there i went to that logo and then from the logo went to a raptor 50 and it just just went on and on and on Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's 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 hard it's very difficult because the hobby shop i think was a good gateway into helicopters yeah and that's and that's going away and it actually that did go away I would say ever since, if I'm not mistaken, based on my personal views and opinion, since probably 2016, when the drones went nuts, when FPB became the thing, Mm -hmm. and these leaks like MultiGP and uh, DRL and all, all these leaks started, they start showing the stupid stuff on television and like espn is broadcasting drl and blah 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 and the news media are talking about drones and drones and drones and drones and amazon starts stocking drones it got to the point where the people that wanted something that could be flown in their backyard right um have fun with it they didn't go to the hobby shop anymore they went to eat they went to they went to amazon or they went to best buy you know a best buy store and bought a cheap drone or whatever so i think the hobby shop has been suffering when it comes to helicopters since probably i don't know five six years ago and then now even worse because they're being over the market is not big enough to sustain a hobby shop stocking any sort of high-end helicopter so they're stocking blades and toys and drones and you know whatever right so it's it's difficult. It's uh it's 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 an always it's it's a it's a challenge that we all face as as you know RC helicopter enthusiasts to try to get more people into it. And and I and I think it's better now to be honest than it was for a certain period it was a little scary. Mm-hmm. And I th- I think it's either a little better or maybe the people that are in it are more passionate about it. I don't know what it is, but I feel like there's a little bit more interest in recent times than there was, say, in 20, 2018, 2017, 2018, 20, even 2019. It was it was a little bit of a scary time for for the hobby itself. But um, those are all great. I wanted to talk about is um, how do we get like global or worlds or 
you know, these competitions that we're going to have, especially next year in America, on like ESPN or on the news channels or on the public guide, you know, like that should be I something Urcha or the organizations of worlds should be trying to do. Like, so when when Bobby was Bobby was working, Bobby Watts was working for uh, a local guy here that's um, uh, in the cinematography. And uh, Jordy, he was very well connected with a bunch of different producers from different um, different producing companies. And I think he they tried to pitch the idea of helicopters in, in many different kinds of ways. Uh, one way was like competition, you know, broadcasting competitions. One way was um, do some kind of reality TV show with helicopters. There were a lot of different pitches and no producer ever bought any of them. And I, I honestly don't know why. Um, yeah, that's that's weird because I've been think I've thought that same thing for years. We need some kind of documentary or some kind of bullshit thing because they have them for everything. They have yeah. freaking darts and every sport yeah. that you could possibly imagine. Yeah, they're not ours. And they do these shows on History Channel for every topic under the sun. And they make it a competition yeah. and add manufacture and oh. add a lot of drama and all this i always thought if we could get some kind of documentary style or something going on and follow two or three guys as they're gearing up for worlds or global 3d or something and yeah, this one's again sort of practicing stuff. yeah this is practicing and this guy doesn't like that guy and this and that so and get some of that drama. bullshit drama going yeah that it would make a good entertaining show and it would be, do just as good as a a show about guys throwing darts or something, but uh, I don't know how to make that happen either, other than just have the idea. Right, you gotta know you gotta know the right people. It's really really difficult. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I we, Bobby and I used to <clears throat> when we were excuse me when we were doing Smack Talk, the videos for Smack Talk way way back. Um, you know, we we would hang out with this guy named Rick, and Rick was a hoot man. He was like kind of mentally unstable yeah. <laughs> you could say but uh if you watch some of the episodes we released because they're all free on youtube now um you, you could see how you know uh, us going to an event and not even us being like i i didn't want to be a part of it but like i could have played a role in it and so many other people within the hobby could have too and it, like you said i mean they do shows about like pig everything pig racing pig all yeah i mean shit yeah yeah so and there's so many streaming stuff now i I bet you it'd be easier to get that done now than 10 years ago honestly well, that's probably just it, andy you yeah. you had mentioned how how do we get like a youtuber with four yeah, million yeah, subscribers yeah. they're they're looking for the quick they have metrics they look at and they say all right this hit well i'm just going to do like 40 more videos on that you know and for them to pick up Unless they're already into it, they're not going to learn how to fly a helicopter. Yeah. As no, much I know. As I'm, I'm just wishful but thinking over here. You need you need that like startup YouTube channel. Like Bill does a great job with the event coverage and stuff like that. But I'm talking like like you were saying a behind the scenes thing where you know you you're we need experiencing to have drama. We need to it needs it's drama. It needs it well, needs almost fire pits and guys flying into the fire exploding stuff just just needs rcho on a a, tv show rcho (laughs) needs a hundred acres uh just send bill in there let him film everything just go wild screw screw bill in i'm talking about like a flight test like (laughs) style there you go just showing a lot of fun that has to do with helicopters and yeah Yeah. i can't start that up because i don't i don't have 
like it ha- to it, get around, it, but that's what that's what you need. You need something that yeah, starts it and shows the people having fun and shows like here's yeah. how you set this up and here's a here's an episode on this and that you know. And I and I agree. It has to be something that perhaps not like too much drama, but a lot of entertainment. You have to entertain the audience to capture their attention. So it would have to be like two guys bickering about what each other's doing are doing or whatever to do an and, auto or something you know yeah something? and yeah. yeah and then switch over to like what are you doing i'm changing my servos what the hell are those butters and then kind of yeah. like in a very inconspicuous way educate people about what a servo does in a very sure. in very simple terms but then switch the scene to like the guy crashing and like oh how much is that gonna cost you like and make it kind of like Almost like a reality type TV yeah, it's show. Gotta be a, re- a reality with a, a touch of jackass and some flight tests yeah. from the beginning yeah, of flight tests. It's got to be a little bit all that mixed in. That has, Somewhat but that's how a, flight test started. They had the mm-hmm. Joshua Scott on there who didn't know anything about airplanes. <laughs> Josh, and Josh. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah. But you know, they like would do all stuff. kinds of fun stuff and crash and do right. different weird little things. Yeah. I don't know. That's a big. That's a big production. Uh, it is. That's why I, mean, I, I didn't. Like, yeah. I didn't mean screw Bill in, but I mean you can't. Bill can't do it either. It's no, I know. I, that was a joke. But you got to send some guys there with some cameras to film everything, and then somebody to yeah knows yeah. what they're doing. You got to get edit, make a story out of it. Yeah, you got to get twenty hours of footage to get probably like thirty minutes of you know edited content edited content yeah yeah and just to kind of show some of the action that they've got going on for uh fall pool they did advertise they got another couch for the field so sky's the limit on what's going to happen to it no boy i mean we know what's going to happen it's going to be on fire (laughs) somebody's going to crash a heli into it that's what's going to happen hashtag couch bomb well (laughs) i don't know clearly we don't clearly we have a lot of ideas but don't seem to ever yeah. make anything happen. So I don't know. It's a good, it's, it's a, it's a hell of a good discussion because, you know, um, you know, for the people listening to this, to this episode. Yeah. I mean, send your ideas to Steve or to Kevin or to, mm-hmm. uh, Andy or, or to Ian or even to myself. Like, I mean, like whatever it takes us for all of us collectively is, as uh passionate about the hobby whatever it takes for us to promote the hobby we will promote the hobby i mean i'd love yeah. to get more people involved no doubt yeah I dude absolutely it. what they did at queen city was a great idea too getting the boy scouts out there and buddy boxing them yeah and then you can get some media coverage doing that too you know if you invite the media out there so yeah yeah for sure but yeah. you kind of mentioned that absolutely. you know making a, a kind of a call out to all the hobbies out there like I think one of the things that individually we can do is convert plankers to heli guys. And yeah. I've done and I was, that too. I've done yeah. two of those at my I, club. I was just going to say that, Steve. Like, that's that's an easy one because, yeah. it, it, you know, airplane? you go to – Yeah, and you go to, uh, an, uh, uh, you go to an airplane-only club or airplane mm-hmm. helicopter sort of friendly club, and you're going to – sure, you're going to find a lot of old-timers, you know, guys in their 70s, 80s that don't care and they're afraid of it and they might complain and bitch that you're flying. Yeah. But all it takes is that one guy right. that well, – oh, that's that. cool. I mean, you're a guy's you know, kid I met this guy, this guy, Tony, and he's, you know, retired, flying, sport flying a 70-inch, you know, gasser plane. 
and he's just sport flying. And he's like, oh, I have some helicopters. After he saw me fly, he's like, oh, I have some helicopters. I should bring them out. I'm like, yeah, bring them out. Him and some other guy started bringing out their helicopters. And like a yeah. club that had no heli flyers now have like three or four. Oh. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like a lot of times they feel discouraged because the learning curve and everything. But yeah. once they find that motivation of somebody else that or help, you know, that's it, it can, yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah that can help them and that can teach them certain things and they can progress quicker. And then next yeah. thing you know, they're in the forward flight and now they're hooked, right? Yeah. So yeah, and now Tony, who's you know was only be able to do hovering and forward flight, is now flying backwards and you know learning how to do all that stuff in both directions. Nice, so, yeah, nice. That's cool, man. Like, I know, did do a couple 50, things. Years old, so. Sorry. I have yeah. done a few things to try to, you know, get the hobby out there. For one, you know, I visited a couple of uh, Planker Funflies this year, and both uh, both clubs really enjoyed having me out. And then uh, in previous years, I've I've taken my shit to the heli shop because you know if there's something I can get at the local hobby shop to kind of support the local hobby shops, I definitely will. And there's been times that I've brought a heli in and. Matter of fact, after I had bought my Drake 700, I actually took it to the hobby shop because I was looking for, uh, I can't remember, I think I was looking for like bullet connectors, but I figured it would probably be the best idea to just bring it in because a lot of those guys, they're car guys, they're quad guys, they've probably never seen a heli, but uh, one of the main guys, he shortly after I did that ended up picking up one of the larger model of the blade helicopters and he's been flying that. I mean, nice. It doesn't really get out to the field a whole lot, but it's just it's one more person that got the needle in the arm. Yeah, that is cool. That's cool. I'm I'm concentrating all my effort on one individual at the field. I just want to wrong get individual. One guy flying one more of his thousand helicopters and get one more finished. He's already a heli guy. Give forget him. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm trying a to heli hoarder flying. Yeah, He's supporting hoarder. the hobby by buying plenty of stuff. He's like a he's like a wrong course with unbuilt helicopters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> he collects helicopter boxes. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. It's been partially built air phrase. Bins. If I ever run out of stock one day, I I need to give him a call. Hey Steve, we run out of pumas. You have a couple of spare in the box? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like BK Charlie. North. <laughs> BK uh, South. Oh, Charlie, BK North. <laughs> oh, Charlie. Oh, yeah. Crespo, yeah. If you need any parts for that Logo 10, I'm sure he's got that. For, <laughs> he's probably got yeah, three of them. Probably got three or four of them on the box. Yeah, I think Charlie has more than Chorus. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So. yeah. I think Charlie told me I think Charlie told me in Miami that he had over 100 turnkey ready to fly. Man. Yeah. He never That's sells crazy. any of it. He just keeps no. flying. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to respect people with like, you know, fleets that massive cuz that's a lot. To just keep yeah, them and, well maintained. Yeah. Well, the worst that can happen is you know, for me it's like if I crash one, I'd be like, "Okay, I'd take the other one." And then like 2 weeks go by, crash it. "Okay, take the third one." Okay. And then after a year, I have like six helicopters crash and I'm like, "Shit. Where do I begin? Which one do I fix first? Yeah. Like like no, no, it's easier just to have two. That's it. Much easier. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie brought like 20 to Miami or something absurd. It was like insane. Yeah. I forgot how many. It was stupid. Full. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly, I'm not kidding. It was, it was yeah. like 15 or 18. I don't know how many like he brought ready to fly. I was like, what yeah. the hell? It's oh like, well, if I, God. I can get four crashes a day and not touch anything and keep doing it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. No way. It's crazy. 
Cool. But All right. I think anyway. uh, at that point, let's uh, move it on to our next topic then, or next thing. Yeah. Yes. All right. Ian, you have a tech tip? Oh, I've got a small one. Uh, that's, that's what, what I've said. Oh, I know, dude. Um, well, this topic is on uh, canopy clips. Um, obviously, there's uh, various sizes, but the Wait, of what? What canopy? Uh, like canopy oh, clips. Oh, canopy clips. Yeah. What do you mean uh, by canopy clips? What the hell are those? What's a clip? Yeah, it's a clip to to hold on your canopy. Um. A lot of people tend to uh, lose them because obviously that you know they come in range of colors, but you know the wind blows, they blow clean off the table. Um, many different models use them, anywhere from uh, T Rex to uh, I've heard of uh, some gassers needing them. Um, the little clip that goes right through the canopy mount, holding your canopy on. Without them, some canopies will go right through the blades and create some nice confetti. Are you talking about those little RC car body clips? I think he's talking about the yeah. little hairpin clips, right? Yeah. Yeah, the little yeah. RC car body clips, yeah. Okay. Okay, so uh, like an XL, right? They, they use it, I think. On the, yeah, uh, gassers. Gowies uh, use them, for sure. I remember my Gowie yeah, uh, X7 my, canopy going through without those, yeah. Yeah. My NX4 had them. Uh, my T Rex uh, 550 had them. So, how do we um, keep from losing them? Yeah, how so we keep from that? losing them? Uh, well, first of all, I have uh, the ones that have a 90 degree bend, so it's a little easier to get a hold of and, you know, to take them off and put them back on. It's a little easier. But how, what was brought to my attention, and I actually tested it at the Fun Fly up in Iowa, um, you take. Uh, some colored zip tie, you wrap it around the end of it, and you leave about a like an, an eighth of an inch to a quarter inch of the actual zip tie, and you cut it. So there's like a little sliver of it hanging off. I tested it multiple times. Like, for example, I was standing in a crowd of people, and it's like, huh. And I just tossed them over my shoulder. And I look, turn around, look. It's like, oh, look, there they are on the in the grass. I actually... Uh, used uh, some bright orange uh, zip ties, and I was actually able to find them each time that I've dropped them or tossed them. So that... Stop throwing them over your shoulder. Yeah, stop dropping them. Hey, I I had to test it out. It was brought to my attention by Darren Weens, and he's like, keeps on bugging me. Oh, when are you going to announce my idea? When are you going to do a tech tip on it? Wait, so that was his idea? It's not even your tech tip? No, I Ooh. tested it out. I don't know how I feel but about he, that. But he Major tested it out on the East Coast. Midwest. Darren tested East it out Coast. West. He lives Coast. in the middle of the <laughs> Mid-coast. <laughs> Mid-coast. So I'd do something different, but better than that. What's that? Take a half inch, take some uh, fuel tubing, cut it half inch long, put your zip tie through it, and then go around the clip, and then back through the same tubing. And then cinch it down. Now you got a little handle and it's bigger. You could use colored tubing, I guess, if you want to be able to see it. That gives True. you a nice and, little, and the idea little thing to grab to and pull it. pull it out and insert it. But I also but don't it, use those anymore because they're a pain in the ass. So. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't think people, I mean, I guess people do lose them. But I don't know. I feel like I, for me, whenever I had canopies that needed those clips, I've always forgot to put them on. 
Yeah. Like, that was my problem. I would forget to You put can it also on get the, they make um, retainers where you drill a little hole in the canopy yep, and you and pop little, it in and then it's a little rubber thing that hooks to the clip so it never can leave the canopy. You can do that as well. Yeah, that's very the true. Best, the, the best the best solution for that is just get a helicopter that doesn't use the clips. Yeah, I agree. Heck yeah. <laughs> SAV for the win. <laughs> get one that you don't even have to remove the canopy from. <laughs> oh, raw for the win. Uh, either go. that or I'll, I'll tell you, the, you know had the who had the best canopy mounting system I've ever used in my entire life was the Protos Max. Protos. Yep. It had these yes. magnets. You yeah, just that's... throw it at the heli and it sticks and it never come off. And, yep. and it was easy to and take off. Were... And it was great. They were strong. They yeah, were those, very those strong. were strong. Yeah. But second to, to that, that is just have one you don't have to take the canopy off. That works too. Or with the, they all got the good little keychain clips now. Key I mean, I don't, I didn't remember anybody still use those clips. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still use them. I keep spares, but uh, I tested that out, and it, it actually, I, I, I still had the same two on there that I started with. So, um, figure I'd give a shout out and do that. So, right. yeah. I give it a Another two thing, out of um, ten. Yeah, I think I, I see a lot of people also. They, they'll take those clips and clip them onto like their, um, yeah, your their links uh, or links. something. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that way it's a, it's there. They don't lose it, and plus a visual like you know, how the, the thing clips are sticking on. Yeah, their, uh, that's actually probably legs. the best way to go about it. Another thing that I do because I have the aligned jackhammer starter, um, it is magnetic in some places, and I've just thrown it at the the starter, and they stick to it. I think your problem is you like to throw it around too much. You just like to <laughs> probably that's the problem. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got anger issues. That's probably my fault. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> damn it, Andy. All right, we ready for news? Okay, let's uh, move it on to news and announcements then. All right, who's ready for news and announcements? Right. Uh, MSH Electronics released a new Brain Two firmware the other day. I'm not going to go through the entire change log, but one thing of note is they uh, increase the maximum value of pulses for rotation from 20 to 25 so that now you can do, if you've got a raw 420 with the 21 pairs, because it's got a gajillion K um, pole motor, that will work. Because before, to get the governor to work, you had to fake it with a like a gear reduction like something to something yeah uh they also changed some stuff in the the ui they added the uh, sab goblin 580 nitro to their their wizard um just general updates stuff um a bunch of fr sky stuff or free sky some spectrum stuff um so check it out. New new Jetty um, zip file for the uh, integration menus and stuff. And that's all I see. Whole bunch of like little stuff, little telemetry, this and that. And yeah, little bug improvements and stuff. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, Fataba has got a new 
gyro. Yeah, new old gyro. It's a it's a GY four seventy. It's a classic tail gyro. Uh huh. Designed for seven sixty or fifteen twenty pulse servos, so you can now use new high performance servos on your fly bar model. So that's pretty cool. I mean, I don't. They might sell a couple, but that's cool <laughs> that they come out with that. I mean, I still wish somebody would make just a fly bar head to put on a modern helicopter. So I think it'd be fun for the novelty. Yeah. Maybe a newer fly bar head, like a, I don't know. Yeah, a the new, like, simpler, updated, new, you know, stick on a, a, a raw 700 with a fly bar. That'd be kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, especially for the folks that love that snappy off-center stuff. You know? Just for something different, just to be weird, I guess. But anyway, check that out, Fatabi USA. Hmm? Save the fly bar paddles. Yeah. You don't need that to be weird, Andy. That's true. Uh, what else we got? Uh, update for the Spectrum Smart Checker and Smart Chargers. Uh, I think there's firmware updates, uh, improvements to the nickel metal hydride charging function, update your smart batteries via the Smart Checker, and some bug fixes. So if you're running the Spectrum Charger and Checker, Check that out. A lot of checking in that sentence, huh? Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. I'm sure you can find it on Horizon Hobby. And we got some new canopy schemes for the 420. Look at this. Mm-hmm. I like this pink yeah. one. That's pretty bad. That's cool. Green. Pink, cool green. Mm-hmm. I don't like the green. It looks like, just like the trees in the background. But I do like pink. Pink's a, in case people don't know, pink is one of the most visible colors for an aircraft you can fly. In my opinion. It no, cool it's not my opinion. Pink. It's fact. Pink's the best color. You can see it. Uh, what else, Steve? Pink and green, is there any more? Uh, nope. Those are the new, two new colors. Pink nice. and green. Are they going to do booms to match? Like if you want to do the carbon boom? They do have white skids now as well, but yeah, I'm sure they're going to come up to booms to match. That'd be cool. Maybe Bert might, maybe Bert might know that. I think he fell asleep. Uh, I guess that's it for news. Yeah. I mean, that's All enough. Right. All right. Cool. So let's you move sure? on to what's next for you in the hop. Oh. Well, no, no more news. No more news. You got, news? You got, no, we got news more news. No, no, no. Uh, well, yeah, I have great news. Okay. Okay. I just want to announce that Andy is now part of the BK Hobbies <laughs> team. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, buddy. Congrats. All right. Nice. It's uh, more of an announcement, I guess, than news. But yeah, I'll take it. But yeah, it's part of the news announcement. All and, right. Mm-hmm. All right. What's next for you, Steve, in this hobby? <laughs> All right. Let's, we got to right, get done with me? this. I got to go to bed. I know. Steve, are you gonna, Steve, are you going to quit the hobby after the podcast is done? Is that the no. whole plan, master plan here? <laughs> no, 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 no way. I'll probably be even more in it than ever. <laughs> really? Well, we hope. We hope. Are like any of you, are any, 
Any of you fuckers gonna quit the hobby? Yeah, I'm quitting. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I'll Andy's enjoy Taco worry. Tuesday though. Andy's my only worry. No. Doesn't fly with I, I, black people. I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't ever seen anybody that plans quitting the hobby. I, I've always seen it happen very yeah, drastically and dramatically. Mm. Yeah, those are the. Yeah. We- I don't know. I find that odd to just be like all of a sudden, all right, I quit. I sell everything, and then I laugh I because three months later they're like, "Oh, anybody got a V control for yeah. sale?" Like, yeah, I know. Here, it's like dumbass. Don't don't sell your V control. So okay. Uh, Sell your shit. You're not gonna get shit for it. Don't no. sell your keep shit. Your chargers, keep your chargers. Keep your radio. You know, sell the heli maybe you're or not sell get the shit batteries. For Come but on, just keep. Yeah. It. You're, not, Tech, you're not recouping much, though. So. Yeah, uh, you know what? Tech tip: Do not, do not. I repeat: Do not sell your V control, whether it is the classic or the touch, because you ain't gonna get that bitch back. Is gonna be gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fuck finding yep. one. Uh, Good luck finding one. So sell your Futaba or Spectrum. You can buy them plentiful everywhere. Yeah, but so. don't sell your V-Control and then come back into the hobby 30 I days say later. don't sell anything. <laughs> Just put it all in a box. Put it in the garage or the Shopping attic. For now. Because you'll, be wanting, that, you'll people, be wanting that shit back in a few months when you realize how much you miss it. That, that's what I've told everybody that has like commented or told me that they're quitting the hobby and they're selling us. The first thing I said is, listen, put it all away. If you don't want to look at it, throw it on boxes or whatever yeah, it takes in a closet in the garage for and set yourself a date, 90 days, 180 days, whatever it is, like three months, four months, six months. And when you when that date comes <clears> to <throat> see how you feel about it, if you feel like you're done with it. Then sell, then start selling stuff, but still keep your radio, keep your charger, and keep one helicopter, no. right? Mm-hmm. And, and give yourself another deadline, another date, because when those dates come, three months go by, two months, six months, you're gonna be like, oh shit, I, um, you know, I really, you might not, that date might not come because you might want to go back flying before that date ever arrives, yeah. right? I would, I would so, even suggest uh, keeping some of your neos because look how many times those have gone out of stock everywhere. Very true. Very true. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I do remember seeing a video. I think it was like sometime last year. It was from Caitlyn Jenner. And of course, she was going, Yeah. Like, did like a brief like walk around the garage and pointed out yeah. the helis. And then, of course, threw. They still you had know, it. Yeah. He threw in a couple of videos on, you know, during the Bruce days where he was flying and doing some uh, acrobatics, kind of showing off what they did. And then, you know, Caitlin moved on to something else in the garage and just started talking. But, you know, all those helis looked like they were still turnkey. I mean, I I remember seeing a a Goblin 770, uh, a couple T-Rexes. There was a couple other Goblins in there as well. It was kind of great to see that they were just hanging up, you know, like nothing was wrong with them. This kind of goes back to the the question of like, you know, 4 million viewers you know didn't, mm-hmm. now i never watched the kardashians but didn't like he fly helicopters in that show every once in a while yeah he that did and then of course right? yeah of course he argued with his wife about buying a, a 600 dollars motor to replace the one he blew up i remember seeing that one of course the ex-wife was big into the kardashians yeah mm. right the ex-wife uh-huh yeah she Tell was yeah if it wasn't for me, the kids would have been named after Kardashians, and I wasn't having that. Oh, okay. They call me Bruce. All right. So what's next for you, Andy? 
Actually, did I even go? I didn't no, go, right? Didn't yeah, what's, go. Next, what's for next for me? What's next for you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so I plan on flying on Sunday. Because Saturday I have a family thing. Alice in Wonderland escape family. So Sunday's going to be my fly day. And I think it's, uh, yeah, I'm going to get that, that Black Thunder, that CGY done. Um, so I can get that off my bench and I can start building that 580 Raw Nitro. Um, yeah, I'll probably just get that Black Thunder done. I think uh, I want to get that flying and see what, how much I'm going to hate CGY and I'm gonna, uh, how much I already hate the ID. Yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, right, what about you, Andy? What about me? Well, I guess I got to strip down this Oxy 5. Put it up for sale. Or, yeah, maybe. I don't know. If Kevin wants it, it's if Kevin wants it, I'll ship it to Kevin. And you know he wants it. Needs it. He needs a part, so I guess I could sell him the whole airframe. (laughs) Makes sense to me. Sure. Um, Other than that, I've got to fix my 420, just a servo horn and the boom. The boom's bent a little bit. I got to get it ready and figure out how I'm going to get it out to Phoenix in a couple, few weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whenever. Um, so I got to do that and I got to finish harvesting these beans and tell everybody I'm going to be gone for four days. <laughs> you didn't tell. <laughs> By the way. Not everyone. <laughs> well, I was waiting to make, you know, see how it went. Make sure I thought I'd be done enough i'm probably not right. gonna be done but i'll be done enough they can do something while i'm gone yeah yeah so that's it for me what about you kevin dude i got stuff to build i got stuff to fly yeah gotta, did you get an xl huh i got an xl i'm gonna work on he finally got, got all a, the parts dude sold him that parts. took like four weeks to get everything sent to him yeah, mm, i mean crazy. what's that the blade bolt huh what an asshole that's you know that's so bad i might just buy another helicopter from who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe an Oxy 5. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I hopefully I can get to the field. I think I'm, I don't know. I don't know what's going on this weekend. I don't even know. What, I know what's going on tomorrow, but I don't know what's going on this weekend. I got definitely got more stuff to do. I'm constantly busy here, there, and everywhere. So I can get to the field. I think Steve <clears throat> Shaw is away. No, I don't know if he's coming. That was last weekend. Coming back. I don't know. I'll see if I can find him at the field some somewhere along the way maybe go to his house and bug him like, no that that takes too yet? much time <laughs> I, i'm just going right to the field <laughs> show up or not yeah Flying. he called me the other day he's having problems with his 570 some uh something well i know I it helps he you got put it the tail out. blades on correct and not backwards but yeah he'll get it figured out all right. What do you? What about you, Ian? What are you doing? Um. Well, uh, gonna be working, and then of course, uh, got a few uh, engagements to go to with the kids. Uh, some trunk or treats that are going on. So we got Halloween coming up. Trunk or treat. Uh, it's where um, pretty mm-hmm. much a bunch of cars pull up. They open their trunks. Sometimes they'll decorate their cars, and you go around the whole parking lot and. Uh, Oh, uh, so the kid doesn't get kidnapped or get a treat? No, like so the kid doesn't know where you get a treat? Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, it's like we're doing one at my work uh, tomorrow, actually. So 
is where all of us employees and a few other people will meet up in the the work parking lot. They'll decorate their car and pretty much go trick or treating right there. Um, of oh, course, I'll be. Why don't you just okay. pour sugar in your kid's mouth? Get the whole thing over with. <laughs> I mean, that's what I said. That's so bad. I, I mean, that part of the fun was walking around the neighborhood, man. Yeah, you walked like walk yeah. around the whole neighborhood, not just like in a parking lot or in a mall, right? They do that now too. Kids. Yeah, and there's the there's quite a few places that you know we'll do the trunk or treats before Halloween, and then of course Halloween we're actually going over to uh, my mom's house. My sister will actually uh, do like a hayride, and they'll go and trick or treat throughout the neighborhood. And of course we're going to be. Uh, both me and my mom are going to be chilling at the fire pit, passing out candy to the kids, which we did that during 2020. And the kids loved staying home and passing out the candy. They just had a really good time doing that instead of like just gallivanting around the neighborhood. Cause around this time is when the weather starts getting cold. So about every other year, it's pretty snappy kind of cold and they didn't enjoy that. But uh, 2020, it was pretty chilly. We just chilled by the fire and passed out candy and they loved it. Um, nice. Did you see cool. the, the cartoon with the uh, death showing up at the door at a lady's house, and it says, I- "I'm death. I'm here for your soul." Oh shit! Are those full size Snickers? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and those houses that did full size mm. bars, or like they give dollar bills out. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody remembers that house. Oh yes. Now, uh, of course, uh, Friday I'll be on Discord, and then uh, the start, let's see, uh, Tuesday, no, Wednesday I'll be starting a stretch of doubles going throughout like the whole pay period. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty insane. I'm, I mean, I'm going to be pretty insane after that. Um, I'm, what I'm pretty much doing is I'm knocking out Christmas all in one bang. That way I can just get it done. And of course, you know, I, I might have a, a heli or two underneath the tree after that. So, um, nice. Yeah. So yeah, Bert, make sure you have my card on file. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Bert? What's coming up for you? I am going to be refreshing my raw 700. Um, I crashed that thing. Um, where did I crash it last? I crashed that thing a lot recently. I crashed it at Urcha and then I crashed it at Helix. And so I have this orange canopy that's, it's actually very usable and I'm usually not, I'm usually not anal with like canopies and how they look. It's, it's just got a few scuffs, but I'm kind of honestly ready to change the orange to something else. So I'm going to change it. I probably will go with the Barbie pink again. I like that. It's very visible, you know, and I like it when people give me shit because I have a pink helicopter. And uh, and I'm probably going to go with the pink canopy for the 420 so that they match. So I'm going to refresh those two. Nice. And I think the raw needs a little a little maintenance, like it's been neglected and crashed too many times. Um, well, not really twice, but twice very recently and, uh, and get them ready for uh rodeo. Um, that's what I'm bringing there. Um, just two helis, one little one and a big one and, uh, put all my clothes in the same bag with both helis and 
off I go with one bag. Nice. So it should be should be fun. Looking forward to that. So that's about it. This weekend is Halloween. We're going to have a sale. So that's going to be busy. So this weekend, I'm probably going to work most of the weekend. So, yeah. So I'm probably going to slack and take Thursday, Friday off so I can come back and work this weekend and uh, work on my helis and get them ready. It's like uh, two weeks away, right, for the event. Two weeks? Three. No, two. Two weeks? Yeah. More or less. Give or take. It's less. No, no, it's more than two weeks. Sorry. Yeah. It's coming up quick. But it is coming yeah, up coming quick up. Uh, before we know it. Yeah. And uh, who? Have, oh, this Saturday we have a club meeting um, to talk about more of Winter Bash stuff. Are any of you guys planning on making the trip to the Winter Bash? Yeah, I'm, I am. I'm planning on it. I will. Oh, are you? I don't know. I've, I've been. Might be. Every year except 20, well, I've missed a few. Dude, Ian, you're not that far, man. You're only in Missouri. I used to make that trip for two days. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, hey, I've made that trip in 2019, and it was a blast. I had a great time. I was there 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. This OHB and then Winter Bash. Oh, you went to 17. 17 was their 10th year anniversary, yeah. the last year yeah, of OHB. I yeah, to. I got the shirt. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's I missed cold. 18. <laughs> I was definitely there in 19. I missed 20. Well, I actually missed so 20 if, and 21, but I, I, I so plan to you, go every year. So if you went in 16, that was the year when we had um, the FPB, huge FPB-like course. Mm-hmm. On the other, on the side field, on where we used to do a spectator parking. Right. Yeah, that was a massively huge event that year. Between like FPB people and helicopter people, it was like we had like literally like I think over a thousand people at the field. It was it was. I think 2015. That was my first RC heli event, like Fun Fly. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I think last year I got out of work and drove up there, but I've been to. Probably two or three other ones since previous to last year. Because we used to come down and visit my daughter for her birthday. Her birthday is the beginning yeah. of December. Yep. I used to drive up there. I enjoy it. It's, I enjoy hanging out with the, the people. Yeah. See my the Florida peoples. Everyone. Yeah. For my first and yeah. only time down in Florida, I still haven't even seen an ocean. How bad is that? But I did see the Falcon 9 takeoff. That was awesome pretty bad because florida's a peninsula dude i know he could have went an yeah. hour any either direction he would have seen the ocean but nope no nope. he had to act- actively work fun. hard to get back to missouri without seeing the ocean you know yeah. actively avoid it yeah yeah literally like <laughs> from torches to the ocean is probably 45 minutes yeah. 40 minutes yeah mm-hmm. to the east coast yeah yeah. He just wanted so, to be able to tell people he's never seen the ocean. Yeah. It was a calculated yeah. thing. He's from the Midwest. No, oh, like shit. originally when me and Keith were coming down, uh, he wanted to actually go over to Cape Canaveral and see, you know, the rocket launch. But by the time we spent all night driving, by the time we actually got there, we were just so wasted from the road. We actually had to pull off for like four hours to take a nap because I was just, I drove to the point that I was like hallucinating. I'm sure uh, I overdid it with, you know, energy drinks, you know, trying to stay awake. 
by the time we got there, it's like, fuck it. Let's relax. I'm like, oh, look, there's the rocket. Cool. I ended up taking a nap in the hot sun in the lawn chair. I'm surprised Ryan Zano didn't like draw a dick on my forehead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I had known, I met you there. I got a picture to prove it. If I'd known you like then, like I know you now, I'd have flipped that chair over. <laughs> I would almost expect it. Andy. And and put a dick on your forehead with sunscreen. <laughs> sunscreen. So can't just wash it off. Okay. All right. <laughs> Funny shit. Uh, Let's move it on then. Uh, do we have any listener pipeline? We do. Ooh, nice. Oh boy. Hey, Freefall Crew, Stephen Hoover calling. I was listening to your episode where you were talking about the new version of the Real Flight Flight Simulator that's coming out. Uh, I don't know about the new version that they call the Evolution, but I'm assuming it's the same as version 9.5 that I have. Uh, it, version 9.5 has all the legacy aircraft from back in like the Real Flight G4 days. Nice. Uh, it's the legacy aircraft are in a separate folder now, but then they have all the new blade helicopters. Uh, they don't really have any other new helicopters. There might be one or two other brand newer ones, but the swap pages you were talking about are all, if I understand it correctly, this, they're all user created models. So like if you have a real flight, flight simulator and you go, modify a model in there you can go post it on the swap pages for other people and you can download other people's and import them into your real flight in your computer so anyway sorry to hear use our soon stopping the show there's a great amount of information but i'll keep listening to back episodes all right thanks Bye. all right thanks steven thanks steve so they do have the legacy models in there, yep. which yeah, is fine. I don't, it doesn't really matter what model you fly in the sim. You're using it for simming. So as long as I got a 700, that's good. Yeah. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Hey guys. Uh, it's been months since I've called in. Um, so you guys probably had good shows then. Uh, <laughs> it's been 30 or 40 episodes since the last time I've listened. So I'm Dang. just starting to catch up. Just want to say a couple things. First off, Ian, shut the hell up. Andy, <laughs> thanks for being a good friend. Yes. reason why I say that is Andy has been calling me every once in a while just to check up on me, see how I'm doing. Uh, I haven't been really flying all that much in the beginning of the year, so we call every once in a while just, just to check on me. Um, Ian, you've been calling too much. <laughs> anyway, bye. Oh, jeez. Shaggy. Suck it, Shaggy. <laughs> you heard I mean, it from Shaggy. I'm great. Ian sucks. You know, you would expect, you know, Kansas City Shaggy to talk to yeah, you Virginia think Shaggy often. They'd have oh, a, geez, like a, a brotherhood that they would, yeah. you know, would be loyal, but I guess not. Oh. No, he's been holding hands with Monty and riding motorcycles. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think I know who this is. Hey, free four guys. Yeah, you guessed it. Steve Cohen. Hey, what's up? From sunny South Florida. Guys, <laughs> man, I come to you with a heavy heart. I understand this is kind of like the end of an era, 
没有在 error or error error. I say an error. You guys, it's not too late to change your mind. I was shocked that after only a, a brief period of time, only about seven years, now you're at the final countdown. Man, I just can't get over it. Thank you all, though, for your hard work and your contributions you've made to the hobby. You've been great. I know it takes a lot of motivation and perseverance, so thanks for that. Guys, I'm calling to find out really seriously how many more episodes do I have that I can call in and uh, just give you some thoughts on my mind. Speaking of thoughts, this past weekend I went to the Queen City Fun Fly in Charlotte, North Carolina. Man, it was a blast. I think I missed seeing all of you. Uh Yeah, every single one of you. I did talk to Andy on the way up, texted Kevin just a little bit. Uh, nothing from Steve, no, uh, no sightings of Ian. So what's up with that guy? I said, I just don't know. Um, no knife flying. It was That's really a blast I, uh, though. Met many new people like John and, and Jeff and Raymond. Saw Eric Shu, Scott Graham. Man, those guys were really the, the kind of like pulling it all together, sponsoring the event. So job well done, guys. Everybody that was there really had a good time. And thanks for, you know, pulling the strings together. Saw some of the BK Hobbies team, including Jamie Burkhalter, Mike Lawrence, and, of course, Eric Shu. Oh, my gosh, Eric. <laughs> Man, what a blast when you're around that guy. Y'all know it. Uh, I did see uh, people were kind of wondering. A few local guys did not show up. There were no-shows, sort of local. Kevin McGrady, no-show. Ben, uh, also no-show. What the hell, guys? The RCHO, none of those RCHO guys were there. I know they're getting ready for their event coming up in a couple of weeks, so I kind of get that. Uh, the A-Main Hobbies team, or the A-Main team, they were there, and what a great group of guys, including Frank, the team manager, Scott Graham, Josh, Jason, and several more. So thanks for kind of putting your part in, too, guys. It was uh, great seeing you fly, and it was fun going up to dinner with you a few times and, and having some fun. Okay, so now to move on. I remember that, that I did win a few things from the raffle ticket drawing, including a set of uh, 713 switchblades. Hey, Bert, thanks a lot, man. BK Hobbies, y'all are really <laughs> always there pitching in. I also God, happen to win some RC Pro Plus solderless connectors and some other accessories that a <laughs> really? Hobbies donated. Thanks a lot for all the sponsors and, and what you guys do. It makes the fun flies uh, a little bit more rewarding. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. I love Steve. He, he called I love back. Steve. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, um, he he didn't win another helicopter. He definitely Thank has God. the gift of gab, Bert. I'll give him that. Yeah, uh, Steve's badass. Like <laughs> Steve's gonna be our next club president. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yep. We're gonna, we're gonna make him. Does it does nice. it require a lot of talking and not much work? Because if it does, he's perfect. Perfect. Yes, it, that's the whole Absolutely. point. That's what all presidents do, right? Exactly. <laughs> and I'm not going there. So that was three minutes, and he got cut off, but he called back. Oh, my gosh, guys, you kidding me? Cut me off? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing quite like the final countdown, is it? You need to have something that reminds people how you're about done. Speaking of fun flies, in a couple of weeks, I'll be traveling to Las Vegas to attend Aviation Nation, a full-size jet show at Nellis Air Force Base. That'll be a blast. After that, traveling for a few days, maybe the Grand Canyon, Thought about doing a half marathon in Flagstaff, Arizona, but the, I think the start temperature is going to be like 30 degrees, maybe 25 degrees. And I thought, hell no, I can do something like that in Florida. 
Uh, okay, so after that, I'm traveling to this place, uh, Superior, Arizona. Maybe some of you all have heard of it. <laughs> to attend the Southwest Heli Rodeo. I hear this will be a terrific event. I'm really looking forward to seeing a lot of West Coast guys that I've spoken to, never have had the chance to meet, so I'm looking forward to that. My plan, though, not to be too surprised, is to win the grand prize of an SAB raw gasser that Kerry Shirley's been helping to design and put together. And last comment from me is, what is your drug? It's different for everybody. Drinking for some, nah, I'm okay with that, but not to excess. Wild women. Oh, boys. Wild women, and that can certainly do you, can uh, can spend some money on that. But have a hell of a good time. And last going? but not least, a little 420 action. Man, the last few comments are kind of focused on, not necessarily on Steve and Ian, but if the shoe fits, guys, just, you know, uh, I believe that Steve has actually a little more 420 experience possibly than Ian. He talks about it regularly. Um, from what I hear, Ian is more of a closet 420 user. Speaking of 420s, it is an addiction, but I noticed that Queen City event was so many, many, many 420 goblin helicopters. It's a great mid-sized machine, lots of power, small crash cost, and appears to be quite durable. I started putting mine together today, and I'll have it finished in time for the weekend, flying right. torches on Saturday and my local field yeah, right. with good old Mr. Teshner on Sunday. That's, the funniest That's all for me, guys. Hope to see y'all either the Southwest Heli Rodeo or come on down to Florida first weekend in October to the Torches Winter Bass. Hope to see y'all there. Uh, first weekend, hey, first weekend in October. October. Nice talking to you. Mm. Oh, man. October. He's what? about two... He's about two months off. Yeah. But, yeah. Which was yeah, three weeks some... ago from this episode recording. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they say the mind is the second thing to go. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see that, Kevin. You'll see that 420 flying in about three years. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, he didn't say which he said he was gonna. He said he was going to have it done this weekend, which would have been two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I, take that, I, I take that back. It's a super easy build, so you'll probably see it. Next year, yeah. Kevin. <laughs> Next summer. It'll only take him six months instead of six years. Oh, shit. We love right. to give him a hard time. Sure. Uh, and Steve Shaw, it's eight more episodes after this one you're hearing. Yeah, we've only said it like a thousand times. Yeah, we say it every pay, episode. Pay attention. Yeah. All right. Is that it for the Listener Pipeline? That's it. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, Facebook likes... We are at 1,435. There's no new likes. So let's just move on to Facebook comments then. All right, man. I got to thank Chuck Bull and oh, Rod yeah. Gullett for their comments on last episode. Uh, 348, their final review series, of SAB Goblin Fall 420. Uh, Chuck said, uh, in, in regards to my, I guess my question, I'm like, have people ever flown it after they've plunged into the water? And, uh, Talking about, I think Ian's tech tip was on, yeah. you know, crashing the yeah. boat and crashing the water. Chuck said uh, the servos, one of them was real scratching the gears. He said he's still flying the Neo on the six six ninety first. Then he said the servos, one of them was real scratchy in the gears. I used Deskin and not Rice this time, so one of the servo gears uh, was rough afterwards. Even after replacing the gear set, anyway. The servos are in a drawer. Not sure I want to fly them. I think that that's a good 
but the Neo has had a lot, a lot of flights on it, maybe 75 to 100, been a few different machines, was in the N556, and I went through, through it and replaced some bearings and gears. Uh, it did break one of the, I did break, it did break one of the blades. I should have drained the engine and piped out. Oh, this is a different helicopter he's crashed? Yeah, it's the water? one that went in with it, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I should have drained the engine and piped and fired it back up a new fuel to clear the engine out. Uh, <clears throat> I put I put uh, E7 in the pond at Cajun Heli Fest back in 2013. We were heli fishing, changed some bearings, and kept flying it. And he's got a picture of one of them submerged yeah. up to the blades. And I replied, you know, that's awesome. Um, talk about it on the show. I was curious on what people reused after their recovery. Rodney or Rod Gullet, he he posted a, a YouTube video of 600 found in the murky depths of hell. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then he's got a picture of the logo 600 torn down after the dunk. And then he then he also added that um, he's got a picture of the ESC, which is just fried. Yeah, it's legit done. He's got. Uh, uh, yeah, and then he, he wrote up, uh, I dunked the Logo 600 in my pond. About three hours passed before finding it. The batteries wow. were okay, which I find That's incredible crazy. that the batteries were okay. Um, but oddly enough, the balance leads were corroded. Yeah, because voltage short out. Now through there, yeah. He said the Castle 130 ESC was charred. The Icon 2 fly bar started, <laughs> but it was nuts. Uh, BK cyclic servos were fine. No water in them. My MKS tail servo had water ingress, but was still was fu- was fine. Uh, still using it after four years. Remove all the bearings and clean the trans and clean with trans fluid and WD-40. Regrease them. Still going to this day. Guys, rice does nothing. This is talked about in many computer and cell phone repair sites and forums. It's an urban legend. Uh, yep. In my case, it worked for just light electronics, but who knows? It might have worked. Yeah. It did. Um, I think, Kevin. Just yeah, it might have worked for that. Yeah. My, my yeah. comment to Chuck is, why do you fly over water so much? <laughs> Man, that's Yeah, that was, I think, what we talked about last week. You know, uh, uh, well, Andy, some people like to try their luck. <laughs> Andy, you said rice didn't work, and I didn't believe it, but now that Rod said it, I'm, I'm definitely... Oh, okay. I've heard you talk. Um, All right. At that fun fly, because uh, uh, when Chuck went in with that uh, with that N seven, that was over in Council Bluffs, and yeah, he got the the award for him doing that. He got the Duncan Award. They went and got him uh, Duncan Donuts. Oh, I they went and got Duncan yeah. Bosian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All well, right. thanks. If you guys want to see some videos of yeah. some helis going in, and uh, yeah, check that out. Or, or, or Rod, like, literally fishing with his orange on to pick up a little cigarette. <laughs> it was actually, I watched that part. I was like, I got to see him trying to get this thing out. There's a great picture of Chuck walking out of the water with his helicopter. Mm-hmm. Damn. All right. Uh, any other Facebook comments? I don't, you guys see I don't else? think so. And we don't have any new listener posts either. Just All a right, bunch no of pictures of listener. Ian ranching. Yes, I love classic. it. All oh right. Uh, website comments. What do we got? Okay, we do have a a long, thorough email from Darren Weens. 
but I would like to save that for next week since we're running long and I want to okay. actually read it and discuss. It's yeah. more to do with uh, Haley's going in the water. Okay. So, so let's save yeah, that. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah, we'll save that. Anything else than uh, people of Podbean? Uh, people of Podbean, we had three new followers from what I see. Uh, Wing Dinger, Nick Musco the third, and Will started following us. Shaggy liked episode 316. I don't know. And Bare Metal Fabrication liked episode 151. Dynamic Duo. Which I don't even remember what the hell that was about. That was <laughs> Drew Robertson and uh, oh, what's his name? Yeah. Derek Chuck. Derek Chuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, awesome. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Okay, and let's see here. Five days ago, Bare Metal Fabrication said, I've listened to two, <laughs> I've listened to this two times today. Absolutely fantastic guy, Dennis is. This is episode 206, Blackout Mods, and the end of 2019. That was a good episode. Oh, that was the final one. episode. Uh, Bare Metal Fabrication, five days ago. Planker News is hilarious. Please bring him back before your last episode. <laughs> we yeah. are definitely trying. We, we had, we I already... Through. Yes, we sent the word out for him. He's in the Philippines right now, vacationing it up. But he's that's been his job. publicly asked on RC Heli Nation to come back. <laughs> yeah, 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 many, many, yes. many folks. Like they're not yeah. asking us to come back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. To come no, back. no, 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 <laughs> just the planker. Whatever. Yeah, the planker's a good shit. Uh, bare metal fabrication three days ago. Awesome guy. Wish we had him around the hobby more. And that's for episode one forty-five. High voltage with Bobby Watts. I do agree. I wish uh, Bobby was still yeah. flying some alleys. Uh, and then last uh, comment we have here is Will, 22 hours ago. I was really going to miss when Andy's having banter with Kevin and starts chuckling. I love that chuckle and always makes me smile. And that was for the final review series, Volume 14, SCV Goblin nice. 420. Thanks, Will. Awesome. Makes me smile, too. Mm-hmm. Makes us all laugh. Okay. That was it. I think that's it. Do we, do we have any iTunes review? No new iTunes reviews. Yeah, we never do. All right. Well, first, I want to give a huge shout out to Bert uh, for taking the time and staying with us the whole episode yeah. as well. Yeah, thanks, thanks Bert. Bert. Yeah, dude. Thank you, thanks. Guys. Yeah, this is Thank way you guys. past Thank your you. one hour uh, podcast time. This is huh? this is <laughs> way past any podcast limit. <laughs> I'm old, man. This is past my bedtime. Me too, too Holy dude. Shit. <laughs> uh, that's why we're gonna try to wrap this up quick. So awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, no, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. If people want to get in contact with you, maybe have some questions about some products or Team BK or whatever, how would they get in touch with you? Yeah, so if you want to get a hold of me personally, uh, my Facebook is facebook.com slash birdrc. Um, you have to be patient. Sometimes I'm really slow to respond. If you want to get a hold of me immediately, just uh, do it through the bkhobbies.com website. There's a support portal. You can get a hold of me or any of the guys to handle our support. And you can ask for me, and I'm usually there because I take care of that far more frequently than Facebook. But uh, but yeah, so um, definitely that's the easiest way through uh, through uh, bkhobbies.com. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you again for Bert for everything you do yeah. in the hobby as well. Uh, no, thank you really, guys. We really really appreciate it. I really really appreciate it. The the sponsor the the support that you provided to Hanover RC Club for that first event. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know. All we'll make it better. We'll make it better next year. We'll make it better next year. All it's it's hard to it's great. It's it's hard to figure that out. Like because sometimes yeah. you don't get the notice, but till like last minute. And like I try to set a budget early in the year. So, but now I know you're gonna do it. So I'll yeah. So we'll make it better next year. 
Awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. All right. So for our listeners, drop us an iTunes review. Read the review on the next episode. Email us at free4c at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com. That's free4c pack. Podcast. 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 Pac-Man. Pac-Man. Check out our webpage, free4cpodcast.show. Say hi to Chris. Hey, Chris. Hi, Chris. All right. Flight Test Forums, off the field, audio, video production, other than Flight Test Podcast, free4c podcast. Say hi to David Hill, a.k.a. Hill the Flyer. Dave. Hi, Dave. All right, fellow podcasters, we got the Heliheads podcast. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> and the rest of the Heli community. <laughs> the rest of the Heli community. <laughs> All right, Maxim Collective podcast. That's with a Steve and a Gregor and a Greg. All right. Greggy. 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 <laughs> All right, RCHN V3. That's with Dan, Rob, uh, Nick, Devin, and... Scott, God Scotty. Mm-hmm. Beat me up, Scotty. Okay. Uh, we got Telerotor Podcast or Telemoto Podcast, depending on what That's what you Rich want and Cliff. <laughs> on the Telerotor and then on the Telemotor. Two mics and a J. No. Two mics and a Shaggy. Two mics. Well, yeah, Mike's a Shaggy. Oh, yeah. Rob's Mike a Shaggy, a shaggy too. And there's a mic. Yeah. Fuck, they're all three of them are mics. Uh, let's see. Who else is there? Uh, Skids Up. That's with Frank, Javier, Paul, and Darren. Houdini RC Heli Podcast. Rich and Kenny. All right. We got some plain ones here. RC Roundtable. Fits Lee. Uh, RC After Hours. With Andre. Park Flyer Podcast. Uh, Mike's and a J. Ian. Always on there. Uh, RC Plane Lab. Ron and Tom in the morning. And Cliff Lewis. Yes, thank you. All right, and don't forget to check out our friend Bill Ann's YouTube channel. Bill, 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 Bill. All right, we love Bill. Yeah. All right, thanks to our listeners. Free our skies, and we'll see you next time. I meant I love Bert, not Bill. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, everybody.